Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Am I tough enough? Strong and stable leadership. Total rhubarb. Hell yes, I'm tough enough. Shut the fridge. Not another one. It's the Politics Show. Cast. <laughs> Welcome, Edward. Welcome to the hundredth episode of the Politics Joe podcast. We're rolling. <laughs> You're here. You're here, sir. Take a seat. Take a seat right there. Yeah. You've been punked. Yeah. You've been first episode punked. No, so in Edinburgh University, history of the team by history boys. If I just point this. Yeah. Ah. Put that ah. fish. <laughs> You'll be able to hear fish talking. The tank whirring. The fish talking. <laughs> Ava, do you want to explain what you've done for Ed? I got him a couple of fish. <laughs> I've already agreed with your girlfriend that you're taking them home with you. I don't live with my girlfriend. <laughs> so, I don't know if I should. That's also a lie. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Um, I don't. I don't want the fish. You've got them. They're not mine. They are. They are. I don't think they should. I signed be. your name on the fish insurance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't believe that exists. <laughs> you have. Um, you've invoked the ancient right. Thanks, Harry. Cheers, Harry. Thanks. <laughs> you, um, you've in. in invoked the ancient right of habeas um, fishers, which as um, as the legal guardian of the fish... Right, which I'm not. You, which you are. There must be some element of consent in that law. Yeah, the fish have consented. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's how, like, customs you, Yeah, works. so basically you can only now... Or consent. Uh, you can only now pass these fish on to another human being if they knowingly consent to it. So they are yours for the foreseeable future. Right. Okay. Unless, of course, you cast a horcrux on them, in which case, <laughs> in which case, uh, okay. it's, it's different. If anyone wants these fucking fish, mm. let me know. Pull up um, a chair, bro. It's comfy. Great. Where is the white cloth handy? 
Um, it was one. The Handy. hard. There's the, they're not white claws. They're what hard seltzers. They're in the fridge. I think we'll sing the ice in the fridge. Can we have a little bit of it? Do you want a little? Well, you want a little bit of ice? I'm gonna start with the madri. Oh, are you okay? Have I'm gonna. Done... Okay. No, 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 no. How do I? It's in the back next to the gallery. That ice is going to melt in the fridge, isn't it? Yeah, but very slowly. It'll melt faster on that table. I bet Ed's already up, isn't it? Where is Ed? He's at the fridge. Do you mind taking the ice back? <laughs> this has deteriorated so much. As like visually, it looks absolutely insane. <laughs> 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 no! <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? It's all right. Um, where is this ice made in fridge? Yeah. Maybe next to Shawnee's cold, dead heart. Oh, he's done a shit. Where? Right above his head. You see it floating. Yeah, look look at them. <laughs> ah! You'd previously said that the goldfish weren't a problem. Yeah, I've... They are a problem. I thought they weren't. But you don't want to look. I don't want to look at them in case they're, in case they're freaky. I think you'd like their eyes. I think you'd like... Go on, what would I like? We were just waiting to find out what I'd like, Ed. Stop the climate change. <laughs> yeah, fucking get yourself on that one. <laughs> yeah. Right, so how do we feel about me screaming next to the fish? Is that an animal rights violation? I think this whole thing is an animal rights, animal rights violation. Why They're very happy in there. Yeah. What are you on about? So I've I got a lovely I... tank. How expensive was this tank? Oh, like 100 quid. 100 quid. <laughs> <laughs> Did we spend 100 quid on a cheap gag for the beginning of the... Yes, we did, yeah. Ah, I did wonder, I saw on like, the Slack channel, could I have 150 pounds? I was like, that's a lot of booze. <laughs> the booze cost 100 quid. I can't believe I'm outing myself to the company yeah. at the beginning of this record. The budget for this episode so far Ooh. is 200 pounds. That's insane. <laughs> which, which is about 10% of the revenue we made from the podcast on YouTube last month. This is an unsponsored <laughs> podcast as well. I know. Of there's, no, there's no corporate sponsors. No, despite the fact Just, you're fucking head to toe McDonald's marriage. Well, look. <laughs> um, if there were any corporate organizations out there that were considering sponsoring the podcast. We'll wear your merch even if... <laughs> look at this. Is this not an appealing advertisement? <laughs> Hang on. I'll oh. take Madry or McDonald's. Oh, no. Goldfish are more susceptible to noise-induced noise induced hearing loss. What do we find out? Life is going to be shit anyway. They can get quite stressed if, they're, if it's noisy. Uh, so no scream on the intro. Just get Ed to cover their ears. Yeah. Oh, especially lower frequency bass, apparently. That's the... If it's loud enough to affect the water, they can feel it. They can also feel footsteps. Ah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> They're not reacting to that. Well, well, if you go higher pitched, maybe then it'll be okay. <laughs> no, it's because it, it's deep that hurts them. So I think if you do quite a high pitch for love podcasts, say nonsense, it'll be okay. Why is one of them black? What is this? Is it oh, a wow. Fucking hell, mate. It's Slow down. I didn't... <laughs> Whoa. I didn't know goldfish could be black, mm. is my point. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, can you he's worth just as much as the other goldfish. I didn't see... I, I, why would you even assume that that's what I meant? Right. Funnily enough, I actually did take them on the bus, and I sat at the front. What? Rosa Parks. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, but do they have names? We are thinking that the Reddit can name them for you. I'm not having them. <laughs> they belong to you. You're, is that, you've, what you've actually done is given me an admin task. <laughs> of, I have to find someone uh-huh. who wants a fucking goldfish, which I don't want. Did you buy like fish food? No. Nah. I actually forgot to buy fish food, but, but, but. He told me I had a big lesson in pastoral care from the the physician. What are they? <laughs> Pet shops. <laughs> <laughs> the physicist. <laughs> no, as in like physicist. as in like physician, but fishizen. Fishman. Fishman, not the monger. Mm. No, that's <laughs> a very different job. Um, and he said that they can't be fed for two to three days at least because well, because of, apparently it's to do with the pH in the tank. How interesting. And I don't know why, but I really panicked when I was in there and I just told so many lies. <laughs> That's not like you. <laughs> I said, he was like, who are the fish for? And I was like, me. <laughs> He's like, oh, you, you, and, what, you and your partner are getting a fish? I was like, yes. <laughs> we thought it was One time. <laughs> Making a big step. And then he's like, why, why goldfish? And I was like, we've got children visiting this weekend and we thought they'd like enjoy the fish. Um... He was really into it, actually. Could you not have just said, I want the fish? The problem is as well, it was just me and him in the shop, and it was this tiny little fish shop. Loads of tropical fish downstairs, and they also sell turtles. Um, and then he was like, I've literally I've made a plan with him turtles. on Saturday morning to bring in the fictitious kids to come, come and see the <laughs> tropical fish. You've told him you're coming back with the kids? Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> I thought we hated nonsense on this podcast. <laughs> wasn't nonsense. He was just wanting. He was just excited. He was a re- He had a pen that had a fish on the end of it. Least surprising thing. <laughs> right. Usual place for him to be. I'm really trepidatious about doing the introduction. They've, they've really cheapened the up the lid of this. This smells like me being 16 in a Mayfair club. Fucking hell! What the fuck? Oh, I was jailbait. I was so bad. <laughs> I was jailbait. In a Mayfair club. We we used to go clubbing in Mayfair because it was the only place you could go without being ID'd. Um, Fuck no. And my friends, my, my, my best friend celebrated her. Yeah, I think it was her 16th birthday in a club. Wait, should I get into... I have to tell you like, the, the most dangerous story that I've, I've nearly been in. <laughs> which I is think the, I know this story. Which one? There's so many. Should I do the intro or not? Oh, yeah, do yeah, the sorry. intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, didn't we say we were going to do a compilation for, for this one? I don't remember, did we? Sean, you said you were going to do me 
inhaling a hundred times. Oh, I think that's a bit much for the first drink. How many seconds is that? That's like a minute and a half. No, because obviously it'll be like... <laughs> <laughs> it will sound like I'm coming. <laughs> oh, no. You all right? Oh, sorry. Are you going? I don't think I'm going to go. I think we're going to drop in. It's going to be like a compilation oh, okay, okay. intro. And that happily means we don't have to terrify the fish. Should we clap then? As a, we still need yeah. No, no, no. I think clapping is actually the worst thing we could do. Okay. Have you seen how much of this inhibition this is? <laughs> like, hey, be respectful of our fishy friends. Habeas fishers. Well, they are people too. <laughs> Wait, I, what I genuinely appreciate is that you didn't buy like really freaky ones. Yeah, that was a budgetary constraint. Yeah. <laughs> like any concern for. I don't mean to alarm you, but we have had a Slack channel for about four months, in which we've posted various <laughs> fish on sale at nearby aquariums, <laughs> <laughs> including a gentleman known as Red Oscar, who we were very keen, very very keen on. What was he doing? He was. Uh, he's no longer available for sale. Look at his eyes, though. I don't really want to look at them. That, that's not a Red Oscar in there. But to be fair, the tank was eighty percent of the budget. So tank is nuts. Like, that's mental. No, no, it's actually unethical. Well, the phrase the website used was inhumane, <laughs> which what? I have a problem with describing a goldfish's living conditions as inhumane. Well, this because is inhumane. it would be inhumane to put a human being in that tank because they couldn't breathe. <laughs> they would be under fucking water. <laughs> Regardless. Yeah, bowls, inhumane. Really? Yeah. Why? Can't be filtered, is that it? I think well, maybe... You could put a filter in it, couldn't you? Probably the open, the open top, I think, is probably a problem. <laughs> you... Birds would like die for it. Do you have birds flying around your house? <laughs> yeah, actually, I hate fish. Avery. <laughs> actually, the main reason I don't want the fish is I'm too busy keeping my parrots. Naturally. You look like a man who would have a parrot. Yeah, right now you could be I have quite a good parrot story. It's not mine. Can, shall we just... <laughs> I think we're in. We're in. I know we're in. There's been some remarks about how long it's taken us to get into the political analysis. Recently. Oh, I didn't realise that was the thing for today, that we were doing like heavy... Well, because it's a three hour long episode, because it is a lock-in, because I expect after about an hour, it's really going to go off a cliff. I'm just wondering whether we should... Should we jump in? We should just do the, the serious stuff before you get anywhere near the actual word Ciroc on that <laughs> glass bottle. How do you feel about that? Fine. I mean, that's normally how I do most of my TV appearances, so I don't really know what's there. <laughs> Ed? I, I did cut it actually a bit loose and fast once, but I had had four pints and I thought I'm that a bit sick. past it. I did Sky News in 2017, eight pints deep. Mm, quite right. That's class. Uh, it was the day after the election. I was having a house party at mine and they said, will you come on and talk about the student vote? So I got in a taxi and everyone at the party put the TV on and watched me and then I came back. I oh, like, that's, that's nice. cool. I'm pretty punk rock. <laughs> you having a party to watch this episode of the podcast? Everyone come round. Oh. Um, oh, here. Paint my ceiling. I, liked, I prefer the idea that you, you had Sky booked in and you invited everyone to your house. And then you're like, oh, no. Oh. They've rang me. <laughs> Asking to go on. Okay, so should we, we'll do something serious, won't we? Yeah. All right. Ed Campbell, the golden boy, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Great. All the better for the two fish betwixt us. Yes. Should we name them after the two new immigration ministers <laughs> to commemorate today? What the fuck <laughs> are you? Uh, and what are the two new immigration ministers called, Ed? 
Uh, <laughs> purse glove. Purse glove's quite a good name for a pet. Mm. Purse glove. Well, one could be purse, the other could be glove. Yeah, purse and glove. I quite like that, actually. A friend of mine, Marie Lacan, used to ask him when she was doing politics, like when he was years ago, would, would you rather be a purse or a glove? Like in serious questions. That's, that's quite it. funny. Would you rather be a purse or a glove? I think a purse. Meat purse. Purse. Yeah. Are you purse too? I've I've thought of something, but it's disgusting. We'll see it. A glove, because I love things inside. Me. How did how did let's do the political analysis first go? <laughs> <laughs> it works for purse or glove. It's not a yeah. deciding factor, is it? So yeah, but it's just a dirty yeah, joke. Yeah, if you like it, yeah, like an in and out, then you'd want the purse, wouldn't you? Five fingers. <laughs> but if you're more into fisting, soaking, if I'm really trying to get you to, to crack. The psychological torture of putting <laughs> two fish in between you and I. <laughs> I think this is like a genuine HR issue. <laughs> I might message Megan. If you do that. I'm going to tell Megan what you said to me in the meeting earlier. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> no. During a serious content meeting. Shut the f- <laughs> Ed said... No, no, stop, 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 stop. Well, stop. Ava will want to go and do her video about songs. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. <sighs> the problem is... Ava lies oh. about me. <laughs> Sorry, that's a fundamental issue. <laughs> no, 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 no. The problem is... On the last episode, I thought I was a bit gung-ho with the two of you. I thought I, I went after the two of you a bit a bit too much. And then I thought this episode was going to be like a real loving. I thought it was going to be... What the fuck's happening? Yeah, I know. 100th episode. And uh, this is we literally did this earlier today. This hasn't been in the works for ages. I mean, I know I told you about the Slack channel that we've been in for four uh. months. But anyway, we actually just did it on a whim earlier. And I thought it would be funny. But you actually seem a bit put out by it. I'm not, as in, I don't want them. I'm not having the fish. <laughs> I think it's a funny gag, but I'm not. Ha- the fish are not mine. I'm not having them. Uh, Reddit, I don't let really us know. know if that's for you to decide. Of course it is. We've already established. <laughs> of course it is. We've already established the, the principle of habeas fishes. <laughs> um, <laughs> set out in Magna Carta. Uh, the Magna issue, Carpa. The, the, <laughs> the issue that the barons were most concerned with. Um, one man's right to own another man's fish. And um, it's been that way ever, ever thus since 1215 in Britain. So subreddits do let us know what you think Ed's fish should be called. Until 1970, of course. And? When the EU took control of our fishing law. <laughs> uh, of course, yeah, the fact of the same case, yeah. But we've now, we have now become sovereign from that. We so are once again sovereign. Are <laughs> this is your problem, mate. Pre-2016, happy days. You could fucking invoke <laughs> the European Court of Human Rights. And someone We're from, still in there. Someone from, Spain, <laughs> someone from Spain would come and take these fish off your hands. Unfortunately, you no longer have recourse to that. <laughs> so... <laughs> The simple fact of the matter is these two fine specimens right here. Have you seen the shot, by the way? Because it's very no, much no. you and the fish. <laughs> That's very funny then. Yeah, okay. I'll keep the fish. It's not a bit. They'll be alive. Wow. Wow, you're gonna you're gonna kill the fish. RSPCA <laughs> They're bigger. <laughs> they have much bigger things to do no. with at the moment. I don't think that they do. Yes, they're they like, going to kill know, all the exobullies. They're a public-facing gentleman saying he's going to kill two goldfish. And if they're going to kill them. Do the RSPCA deal with fish rights? 
Is that, not, is that not Captain Birdseye? Is he not the <laughs> <laughs> Defender of the fish. <laughs> <laughs> no. If anything, he, he's the opposite. He, yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> sells them as It doesn't even food. scan. It, does, it doesn't even scan. It doesn't even work. This guy is a face of fish fingers. <laughs> it's a friend to all sea life. That's how he we gets you. Such... Fish notoriously stupid. They fall for it every time. <laughs> we know so little about Captain Birdseye. Thank God, Captain Birdseye's here to save the day. <laughs> if only they knew. All we know is he has if a boat and he sails it. And that's all we know about that man. And he makes delicious breaded fish products. Absolutely. How many fish fingers do you reckon you get out of those two? <laughs> like half. Yeah, how many fish even. fingers could you get inside a glove? Five. Five at least. Yeah. I've had more inside me. Fuck. <laughs> We're really going for it, aren't we? Do you know what's insane? This is a three-hour episode. <laughs> and you're like doing lots of things we all have to review. Like, you'll want to listen to that back. No. No, okay. Fortunately, I, I was expecting that stuff to come towards the end of it. Oh, God. Like in, no, like as in, in the, the depths. Yeah. In the depravity but of the episode. What, like, you know, like the iceberg meme? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's only going to get worse. We're above water at the moment. It's Fucking hell. Deep. Yeah. Right, should we get on with Rwanda? Yeah, go on then. <laughs> um. What are you still <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Not another one? It's the Politics Show cast. <laughs> Go on then. Run me through it. <laughs> Run me through it. Run me through Rwanda. Where from? What's happening? Um, I don't know. So today there was a press conference with the Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, after his immigration minister resigned yesterday, citing um, the bill that is going to be presented to Parliament on Rwanda, which James Cleverly went and uh, signed or ratified in Kigali a couple of days ago. Immigration Minister Robert Jenrick believed it wouldn't get through, this wasn't the way to do it, the bill that was going to be presented would fail, therefore he stepped aside. Rishi Sunak gave a press conference this morning to, I guess, calm all of our nerves and tell us that it was going to go through. And the way that he was going to do it, five-point plan, we can only understand things if they're in five points. Mm. Um, I can only actually remember the first one, which was to, <laughs> to uh, cancel human rights. And then after that, I thought, well, that's that then, isn't no, just it? That, if that's number one, you kind of... Yeah, I thought, well, we've set a precedent there, haven't we? The rest of them don't really matter. So basically, what they're going to do is make it extremely difficult to claim asylum in the UK. Uh, how about they, damn time. What they've, what, they've very, what they've very cleverly done, or stupidly done, we'll have to see how this unravels, is so they got that huge 
you know, nearly three quarters of a million immigration figure um, a couple of weeks ago. And they've managed to conflate that with the small boats crisis and make the public think that they're one and the same. Why are they not one and the same? Are you asking me that journalistically or are you asking me that facetiously? I'm, I, I'd like you to explain why they're differently. Right. Why they're different. And um, you can either do that thinking I'm being a facetious little prick or you can do it. No, thinking, I didn't know if you were asking me earnestly. No, I'm asking you earnestly. Okay, okay. The difference. all right. So, so a lot of people come here legally and settle and mm. they make up the big migration, uh, immigration figure. And then there's... Students? The tens, yeah, students, 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 students are huge. Right. Students, and also students and their dependents. And the dependents figure is actually really low. Mm. So Robert Jeremy was particularly upset that if you were a master's student, you were allowed to bring your family with you. And he was like, <laughs> we're like, we'll bring their family. And it's like, okay, yeah, but like it was like 10,000. It really was quite inconsequential. I think it's mostly, mostly babies, really, isn't it? It's mothers or parents. Well, babies. you know, the thing with the baby is you do tend to need the mother. Um, so if you're going to come and work here... Not in fucking woke Britain 2023, you don't. Anyway, the point being... To dads. The people who are, <laughs> yeah, so the people who are crossing the channel aren't... make up a very small proportion, very mm. minuscule proportion. Because it it's like 250,000 people, right, the students, international students. Yeah, hell of a lot. And also we've taken in 100, over 100,000 from Ukraine. Is that Afghanistan, right? yeah, I think it's more than 100,000 from Ukraine. Um, and yeah, and quite... What, about 100,000 came from Hong Kong as well? Very, very, because of that significant number Bilateral agreement. Hong Kong, yeah. Um, this is... Should we not be celebrating this? What? The fact that 250,000 people want to come and study at, at, in British oh, universities. Oh, I thought you meant the Rwanda plan. <laughs> oh, no, okay. <laughs> Obviously, we should be celebrating that. Um, no, we should celebrate the fact that a quarter of a million people came to the country last year to come to our universities, for which, by the way, they pay a shitload of money. So much money. They pay so much money for that. And if they're prepared to pay that, our, I don't, our universities couldn't function without the fees no. that international students pay. Yeah. They, ge they genuinely couldn't. They're subsidising the degrees of... of I don't know, fucking Scott. Eddie Campbell to yeah Scott. It still works actually. Yeah, Scots like Eddie Campbell uh -huh. to get their degrees for free, or you know Eddie Campbell, the literature student who's paying nine grand. That's probably you're probably overpaying. You're probably paying. You're probably overpaying right nine grand a year for English lit. If you're like an engineering student, if you're a chemistry student, where not only are you incredibly intensive in terms of contact hours, you also have really high tech, expensive equipment mm -hmm. that you're utilising in the labs, in your research. Nine grand, I think, is nine grand's pretty good value for that kind of thing. Um, oh, and then if you do a degree like mine, also we have to buy your own books. You're being rinsed, or yeah. get them from the library. But again, you're subsidised by the international students. I think there's very little talk about the sort of the unflashy part of our economy, which is services and the information economy. That's actually what Britain is good at. That's what pe that's globally. That's where we're at. That's what our economy does. And for all the talk of green transition, new green economy, being like establishing tech unicorns and all the rest of it. Yeah, okay. Wouldn't it be great if we had more unicorns? No one would turn that down. But in reality, should we just focus on doing the things that we're good at? Educating foreigners. And then hopefully they become tech unicorns. Yes, exactly. I also disagree with you that my degree was a waste of money because I was soaking <laughs> up their knowledge. A point you said. No, because, of the, you know... Just Have you read Chaucer? I guess in the, I guess in the, I... I obviously don't think your degree was a waste of money. You're here right now. No, but that is not qualifying anything. <laughs> you actually, look, look at us. <laughs> I just made a joke about fish fingers. Um, Three university educated Brits doing the pun country proud. Country. No, the country you, crowd. You're paying for their knowledge, aren't you? You're paying for the lecturer's knowledge and for their time. And um, I didn't go. I barely went. Really? University. Yeah. See, once you realise, see, once you miss that first lecture, 
in first year and nothing happens. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, <laughs> you're not in trouble. Nothing happens, and you're like, "Oh, this is." It's when Ed discovered punk rock. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Oh God, sorry. I banged the table. You he hit wasn't... the fish. No, I hit the table. He didn't like it. Oh. Um, they really are. They really are actually calm. They were oh, freak... fucking fish. They were freaking. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. goldfish. Really, calm and calm and harmless, mate. Yeah, <laughs> calm and harmless, calmless. Jesus. You, you would be if we if, if we were fighting an illegal war. You'd be right on the side of the illegal side. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, checks out. Yes, yeah, scans completely. <laughs> what? Okay, Ed yes. is a colonial force. Me. <laughs> Uh, I think we should carve out the British Empire once again. This morning, Ed, on the desk. What? Did we know... <laughs> did you think there was going to be a general election? Because I was a bit worried. When it was all we press were all conference, kind of no press conference. Is there going to be an election? We Is it quite, outside? We were quite panicky. I was like, oh, there might be. But then I think it was you made the point. There was like, well, it would have to be campaigning over Christmas. And you wouldn't want to do that as your party members. You have to go and campaign for an election that we're going to lose mm. and miss like a, a lovely Christmas, Christmas period. Um, what was, uh, the press conference was shit. He just looked furious and he found out that the right-wing press has turned on him. Actually, <laughs> and, you didn't even need to finish that. You could have just said he found out. And he fucked around and found out. What was the GB News line? That was really funny. But we've, spoken, we've spoken to the people who want to come to the UK on small boats and they're laughing at your Rwanda plan. <laughs> like, it's a deterrent. It'll be deterrent. And they're like, yep. <laughs> Nobody's there. Also, I, I love the idea that they went to Calais, found a couple of asylum seekers who were laughing. We spent a lot of time in Calais and there's not a lot of joy over there. No. Like, maybe they were laughing... It's pretty, At them? it's pretty grim over there. Yeah, yeah it is really it's grim bad. over there. It sucks. Um, we should, we should, uh, we should go back see if we can find any of the laughing hyenas that the GB News lot found. <laughs> oh, we went over there. Everyone's just <laughs> laughing. It's, it's crazy. It's this total party. campsite on the side of a motorway. And it's pouring down with rain. It's really cold, and everyone's <laughs> hungry. But they're laughing. Train tracks to get there. But needless to say, the Daily Mail, GB News, it wasn't. Very good. Rishi Sunak had to do it to him. <laughs> had to do it to him again, didn't you, PM? Although one of them was like, cheers, PM. Uh, yeah. What is that? Is that a prank? It's the other pet we got for it. <laughs> <laughs> dog. Be... I really like dogs, but I don't want to have one at the moment. Okay, well, you know what you're He's got his now. hands full with two fish. Uh-huh. Um, tiny hands. You don't have tiny hands. No, because the fish are small. I think it's normal size hands. Oh, fucking hell. Who does it? No, they are quite close, you know. Yeah, you're also a fair bit taller than me. Exactly. Your nails are quite long, aren't they? They're really long. That's disgusting. Oh, no, I feel ashamed. Sorry. No, it's okay. It's it's on me. I should cut them. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's actually nothing to do with me. (laughs) 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 Eva, manicure. You keep saying you're going to do builder gels for me. You still haven't. What's builder gels? Why do you know what builder gels are? My mum's a nail tech. Is she? Yeah. she know you're walking around like that? <laughs> <laughs> she would be furious. <laughs> um, 
Rwanda. Yes. Rishi Sunak didn't do well, did he? No. He, he, he came across... Raging. He was He came across as a petulant schoolboy. He, he's, it's, it's a new meter I've seen him speaking in. I haven't seen him speak like this before. Usually it's just patronising. Usually it's just, I am telling you, the stupid people, what's happening. He, he looked pissed. What's also quite telling is that they're not even treating his now political enemies. Like he's not treating the other, the media aren't treating the other side with any respect. Mm. Like Nick Robinson with Swilla Bravman today, you know, are you just a poisonous vessel for headlines? Like nobody's taking anybody in the Conservative Party seriously. Mm. I'd like to also take this moment to say to Sean that when I put that on a graphic earlier, he said it was too much text and it was one of our best posts today. So, uh, fuck it fuck Everyone's up. getting in today. Fuck it Shots fired. Ah. Just, just wait until we come for Laura. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Ava. So, Jenrick's gone. What are the political consequences of that for um, for Rishi Sunak? Do we think the um, the simple answer would be that Suella Braverman delivered her personal sta- statement in the Commons. Mm. God, was that only yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. Yesterday. You know what was interesting, actually, when we were watching Parliament TV just before she stood up to speak? When she arrived in the Commons and she was walking through the benches to sit down, she was, sh- like, sort of shaking a couple of hands. <laughs> like, not, like, quite, you know, not, like, you know, she was giving the whole tap here, tap here, that there. I just thought that was interesting to see, it, you know, how they were reacting to her about mm. to take, take their space. And there was mm-hmm. a frontbencher who turned round to speak to her. And I thought, that's really interesting. Mm. That's interesting because... The suggestion is is that uh, Suella Braverman is going to run for leader or challenge Rishi Sunak for leader on a very hard right anti-immigration uh, pitch. And Robert Jenrick is one of her biggest supporters who had been on the front bench. They can't surely give us another prime minister. Without an election. Well, I wouldn't put we it past them. We can't do, pa- can't do six. I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't put it past them either. No, because fuck off. I was thinking about this. The Yes, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> However, I was, th- I was thinking about the logic of it, right? When, when the situation is so bad that you're already fucked and your defeat is almost a certainty, the person you have as prime minister is almost certainly not doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Every reset has failed. He's not landing with voters. He can't turn it around. You, you, you have nothing to lose. You know, do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, well, fuck it. We might as well roll the dice. Just, just roll them because it cannot get any worse than this. We're already discredited. We're already facing electoral wipeout. Why not? Do you think they just all fancy having a go at being prime minister? They I, get to say it and they get to go to like all the big state events because they won't have a fucking chance next I, time. I think they're learning the wrong lessons. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that they think the problem is Rishi Sunak. And... <laughs> The problem is the last 13 years of the uh, record of government. The damage has been done. Uh-huh. The, da- the damage has well and truly been done. Do you think Boris Johnson is Rishi Sunak's Jeremy Corbyn? Do it. Who is? Because if you do the parallels of like Starmer and Corbyn, former allies, Starmer was in Corbyn's cabinet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, similar situation with Johnson and Sunak. There was an argument that I do not subscribe to, but there was an argument for electoral success. Labour had to rid themselves of Corbyn and Corbynites Mm. and purge the party. There is now an emerging argument that the Conservative Party, the only way that they can really truly win the election is if they rid themselves of anything Johnsonian. So if they basically 
put all of the fault of the COVID inquiry or pandemic at his feet and they rid allies of Boris Johnson from the party. I think maybe the difference... Do you see where I'm going with this? I think maybe the difference is with Labour, all the kind of toxicity was intra-party, largely, or no, there's nothing Nothing happened, as in... With Labour? Excuse as in nothing, like, they, there's, there's no government, there's no governmental record, they weren't presiding over... Oh, but I'm just thinking party, I'm thinking party politics. I think, I genuinely think their best bet might be to bring Boris Johnson back. Well, okay, would you think, that, do you think that would be the argument that they would have made about Jeremy Corbyn or a couple of years ago? When Starmer had just taken over, nah, I'm not. I'm. This is really interesting, for the actually. Though, because I'm just positing. I'm not. They're both. Yeah, yeah. They both have incredibly toxic legacies, right? Corbyn for the Labour Party and Boris for the Tories. Like they've alienated parts of the electorate that I think it's impossible to win back if they were the leader of the mm. leader of their respective parties. But I don't know if. But I don't see who else the leader is in the Conservative Party that could possibly win them an election if it's not Boris Johnson. Like no, Farage. but then that's also that yeah, argument for Farage. Farage. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think that Braverman and her supporters, I think, are really getting ahead of themselves. I yeah. Mean, I really don't think that she could win an election. What's her personal popularity? But, well, no, no, no. But you don't even need to do that. You need to do her notoriety. Yes. People don't know who she is. Or if they do, it's because she resigned as Home Secretary under Liz Trust was brought back, resigned over Rwanda. People don't know that, bro. Do you not think so? No. Nah. Most like people don't know who Keir Starmer is. Mm. You've re- uh, until election comes around, and then it's better start thinking about politics. Oh, that's Keir Starmer. That's the leader of the. And obviously, people know him better. But if you, uh, maybe I will deign. To send you out on a Vox Pop next weekend with photos of the Shadow Cabinet asking people if, you, if they know who they are. I'd rather shoot myself. <laughs> that is the intention. Of <laughs> no. I think that would be fun. Ava, would you like to do a Vox Pop next week with the Shadow Cabinet? No, I'm... No, Ed's going. I'm not doing it. <laughs> it will be fun. It's a bad idea. <laughs> it will be fun for Ed. <laughs> no, it's a crap idea. <laughs> Just as fun as the fish. No, people don't know who they are. People genuinely don't know who they are. They don't. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some will know who Suella Bravman is because she... You know, has been the, very recently been the main the main character in in politics. I right? doubt the, it. The cenotaph, people, Armistice Day. People didn't even know who Nadine Dorries was in her own constituency. Mm. I mm. wish we could film that. I wish we could post that when we're going up to people and going, "Can we talk to you about Nadine Dorries?" And they're going, "Who?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> but obviously, I haven't had their consent. I mean, yeah, so you mustn't. <laughs> uh, where does Sunak go next? Well, not into this sort of like. What I feel like he's doing is he's kind of going down this sort of like isosceles upside down triangle. And I feel like he's like right at the bottom. And that's like where he's like dealing with the Rwanda stuff. And I feel like he keeps like sort of hemorrhaging into it. It's also like the emergency, like having an emergency press conference about the stop the boats, as in trying to create this panic about it, where it's not the most pressing issue, as in nobody's life is going to change tomorrow. Did you fucking see um, Matt Goodwin on GB News? Mm. Saying that the majority of social housing is taken is taken up by um, non-British people. Mm. Yeah, and obviously the the, the facts for those listening, it's about eighty percent are uh, uh, lipped in by white British people. Well, no, that's 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 abroad. That's it. That's a, hmm? it, the grievance as well with what he said was so in London it's about forty-seven percent foreign-born nationals, and the grievance with what he said is those foreign-born nationals aren't British. Nationals 
is a pretty important word there because that means they are British. Mm. Just not born in. The but UK. yeah, it's not over fifty percent, which is what he claims. And also, like that's just very othering language, isn't it? Well, it's, B- it's the language <coughs> of the BNP. Yeah, to be, to be quite honest with you. Because then what that argument suggests is that if you are someone who came over in Windrush and you're living in a um, social housing, you are not British. Yeah, and you not are li- British. And you shouldn't live there. Mm. What is the political expression? Okay, so for me, the, there's very recent and, and decent parallels to 2008 financial crash, um, increasing stigmatization of foreigners, quote unquote foreigners for those listening, I use my fingers there. Um, and economic recession, scapegoat foreigners. What is the right-wing populist release, pressure release valve that was the Brexit referendum? You see each other. I think if they put all their energy into that, if they need a project, it's a pretty decent one. I don't know. I don't think that the ECHR has the... Um... feels too niche. Yeah, it does feel too niche. But as in Farage's Conservative Party? But then I wonder if on the ECHR thing, was it, it was Cummings called it the Protect the Pedo Law. He certainly did. That's quite compelling. <laughs> like you, can tur- you can turn it into... Um, if you think about the language about the use with the AVE referendum. I think it's too close to Brexit. Because yeah. it, it's, it's a de facto Brexit argument, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So you're saying that we, you're making the argument again that British laws are being dictated by Strasbourg, right? Yeah. It's the same argument. Do they go into full, like, populist QAnon mode? Like, the people have been betrayed. Let's take our country back. And it just goes into this, like, the campaign is all things to all people. It can mean everything. Cummings also can't believe the Rwanda stuff. Mm-hmm. He can't believe that it's actually being seriously touted as policy, and that he he's been tweeting saying that it was only ever intended as a kind of distraction headline grabber. And every single person in government at the time was like, "This will not work. Here are the legal reasons that this will not work. It will never work." And he can't believe that it's still being pursued. The thing about Cummings, though, as I I did actually spend thirty thousand pounds on an English literature degree, and I'm glad I did because now I can tell you he would be <laughs> defined as an unreliable narrator. <laughs> 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 You're questioning the providence of that source material. Get out of my pub! It's the politics show cast. Should we do um? Should we do COVID inquiry? Yeah. Can I get another drink? Yeah. Meantime? We've got a bellboy for this. Bellboy. Garcon. Hello. No, it's it's, it's, Har- it's Harry. Oh, Harry. It's Harry. Hi. It's good, Harry. Garcon. Um, you, do you want to come in and do it to camera? You need a mic, mate. Yeah, cool. Third time lucky. <laughs> nice one, Sean. What can I get you guys? <laughs> can I have another one of these, please? They're lovely. Yeah. Are they nice? Oh, so tasty. Yeah, I really good. The they looked a bit. They looked. A, I thought they looked a bit budget because I couldn't find you a white claw. Better anyway. than white claw. Better Mu- than white much claw. Much nicer than white claw. What are they? Um, it's an AU vodka kind of. <gasps> oh, thing. they're so nice. I didn't so tasty. What it was, yeah. I wonder if the, I wonder if there's a difference calorie wise because that was the thing with white claws. They're very low calorie. It doesn't say. That AU vodka is really nice. It's that same colour, like Vod- a bottle like vo- this. The vodka connoisseur. Should, yeah. I don't know whether I should have another Madri or whether I should just fucking... Cane it. Crack on. There's no cocaine here, Eva. 
Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say that. I will, I will walk out. I'll walk, I will walk out. I will promise. Yeah, Where's know, the gear? Can I just get some very ice, strong of you, some ice cubes my recent, in that, my man. The recent death. For Thank me. you, Harry. So that's uh, that was really that was really classy of you, Ed. Nice one. Roll with it. Yeah. What do you want to drink, Ava? Oh no, I'm golden. No ice. Huh? Harry's no, it was ice. actually too cold. Wow. Yeah. Little top up there. Yeah, but I'm going. I'm getting a bit way ahead of you. I think you're a bit behind, to be honest with you. I don't know if I am. Um, Thank you, sir. You know I love a good Pringle. Mm. My mum bought me that vodka last Eve Christmas. Vodka. It's really tasty. Or I think it was the pineapple one, but it was really nice. Mm. I'm not a big vodka guy. I I love... I love a... Oh, yeah, thank you. A, um, Cheers, mate. Thank you, Harry. Vodka soda lime. Ooh, pineapple. Yeah, you definitely should. We were, it's thinking, on the single. Let's get through COVID and then we can have a bit of fun. Yeah. You should post it on the Reddit. No, I think post, post the photo on the Reddit now because we can then read out the comments as they come in. That's quite fun. Mm-hmm. I also will need to pee, and I don't want to pee until we've done COVID. Of course. <laughs> right. Should we do some COVID? Mm-hmm. I'll wait for you to finish your Pringles. I'm good. Ava, it was um, Boris Johnson's second day at the COVID inquiry today. Yeah. Obviously, he was, he was in the door early yesterday, wasn't he, to avoid the COVID bereave about three hours before. That bastard. Really fucked me off. <laughs> <laughs> Ed, up early on his way <laughs> on to his Paddington. Way. Uh, hope the dish out another insightful question. Such <laughs> as inquiring, well, inquiring after his night's sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Johnson, you look amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Getting your beauty sleep. Nice Five suit, minutes, sir. <laughs> How are the kids? <laughs> Love you, PM. I hope your testimony will be insightful, sir. <laughs> when I um, when no I miss... COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This We're is COVID. It. We're doing it. This is COVID. This is COVID. I just want to be able to let loose. You know? When I messaged you saying he's in already. Yes. Where were you at that point? Tottenham Court Road Station. You come out. I'd gotten barely mm. to. I was go no, I was about to change to uh, just transport details. Now. I was about to change to the Elizabeth line to go to Paddington. Thoughts on the Lizzie line? Great, sick. Where did you come in from? I don't want to reveal my commute on pod. I'm okay, I I'm just trying Whoa. to think. But so you, you would have had to do... Opsec. Opsec. Oh, that's a ridiculous route to pa Paddington. Did Pro you know that one sixth of all rail journeys in the UK are taken by Ed Campbell. Fucking <laughs> 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 train shagger over there. Um, take place on the Lizzie line. Really? Really. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, anyway. Anyway. That's running a train, that Elizabeth <laughs> line, isn't it? Running a train in the country. <laughs> um, oh, that's good. The, I was on my way. Oh, we're in dangerous territory here. <laughs> Ollie texted me at half seven saying he's already in. I was like, fuck. 
just got to go to the office very early. Like a schmuck. The whole thing was a ruse. I knew <laughs> I knew Boris was going to be in the door at 6 a.m. I was like, yeah, Ed, go. Yep. Knowing that you would miss him, but you'd have to start work two hours early. Yeah. Yeah, like a fucking moron. Did I do any work? Remains <laughs> to be seen. What time did you arrive here? Like eight. I feels like you were getting to the COVID inquiry a bit late there, I think. No, it was, I, was get, I was told to be there Ed for this time. Ed woke up. Ed woke up as you called him to say, where is that? And Ed was like, oh, I'm my oh, no. first time. Oh, right. That's Damn why it. your route doesn't make any sense. Uh, I was coming from um, the club. Yeah? Roll through. Straight the bowls. Through. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Okay. So in terms of the, uh, the testimony itself, Ava, mm. what did we hear at the COVID inquiry today? I mean, today... Yes, what well, should we do yesterday as well? Yeah, why not? Do both. Yesterday was great because we had the revelation that uh, Boris Johnson has given over all of the relevant WhatsApps despite not giving over any of the WhatsApps from his from the first lockdown. Now, oh, the well the the app went down and we opened it up and then I closed the app. Went back up yeah. in a reset uh, factory. As <laughs> <laughs> Hugh Keith was like, was it a factory reset? And he's like, what? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> and then his former mistress, Jennifer R. Curie, came out of the woodwork to say she, she knows a guy who could retrieve all of those messages if the inquiry would like them. Um, didn't get a reply from Johnson on that. It's just, it's, <laughs> it's just a lie. Inquiry. Yeah. <laughs> she also did call him a... Yeah. But they're all... I think that's, a, that's an issue with the Corbyn inquiry. I think I did. It, <laughs> what, that Jennifer R. Curie's there? Yeah, <laughs> she's, not, she's not doing the, doing the cross-examination. That they all keep lying. Um, no, the, I think, have I done the Wagatha Christie comparison on the pod before? I don't think so. Do you remember when um, Rebecca Vardy's PA said that she was on holiday? <laughs> <laughs> and she'd accidentally thrown her phone yeah. overboard into In the, the North <laughs> Sea. And it, <laughs> <laughs> And everyone was like, well, you're lying. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I have such a weak grip. <laughs> um, and uh, the judge, I think, in, in, his, in closing statements, basically said he had never dealt with a case where there had been such an unbelievable failure to disclose evidence because everyone had basically been like, don't have the messages. Psych. Oh, it's at the bottom of the North Sea. Lost my phone. Updated it. They all just got deleted. Don't know how that this happened. That's not how it happens. No, it's not. It just but... doesn't happen like that. And so when that's happening in fucking Wagatha Christie, you go, well, you're fucking lying. And for some reason, when like Lord Bethel says he's lost his fucking WhatsApps, everyone goes, yeah. Oh, sorry legit. about that. Sorry about that. He, he is an old dumb cunt. So, you know, we believe it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're three Lord Bethel haters. <laughs> get with a fucking program. Unlike Baroness Owen, am I right? Oh, get fucked, you weird <laughs> twat. <laughs> that sounds like a HR to me. It did feel like it. so. Okay, so then later in the day, the sort of the theme of the last two days has been the um. The, you right? Yeah, I'm just fucking happy. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? 100 eps. Woo. Into the Johnny Walker. So the theme of the last couple of days has been to basically try to blame anyone and anything but himself. So there's been no taking of a personal responsibility. And actually, one thing that really bothered me yesterday, people were really excited because he had given a little admission, which was about, um, oh, oh, yeah, there weren't enough women in the room. 
when they were trying to decide COVID policy. And everyone was like, oh my God, he's admitted there weren't enough women in the room. And it was like, Helen McNamara said that Mm. like a couple of weeks ago. And the thing that, what was so clever about what Johnson did there was that he gave away that piece of information knowing it was already in the public domain but thought, you know, oh, this, this, is, this is how I think I'm telling the truth because I'm giving away little mm-hmm. snippets. It was already out there. She, yeah. she had something very insightful to say, didn't she, about how they needed uh, different PPE because of the differences in women's, women's to, me- to men's bodies. They were saying that that hadn't been considered in sort of PPE procurement. Mm-hmm. And they were, because that is a very literal example of how not having women in the room affects decision making. She was yeah. also, also like, people, have, people are divorced. And don't ha- and have shared custody of the children, mm. and people were like, "Hmm, hmm, I haven't thought about that." All the dads were like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> Shit, it's his birthday three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I don't get to see him for four months. Um, uh, you know, I was going to make a joke about. Um, I know what you're going to do. You being mean to me about being from a broken home, but you've also you've well, been, no, you've, I'm not. <laughs> you did. You literally you see, a couple of weeks ago on the pod. We were talking about it, and I said, oh, I'm the only one with divorced parents, and you were like, yeah, it shows. <laughs> I'm ready to that, yeah. <laughs> it was and a good it, line. It does. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> one, funny, two, true. <laughs> COVID inquiry. Mm-hmm. Everyone's lying, trying to pre- preserve their reputation. How could, could that be prevented? If we'd done this later, when people are not in power anymore, are not concerned about winning an election... When the Prime Minister doesn't, isn't going to have to try and face up to his pet project causing a spike in cases, would this have been worth doing later? He's not an MP anymore, is he? Rishi Sunak. Boris Johnson. I, I was talking about Rishi Sunak. But as in do, you, no, do you know what I love about the this? The Cold Inquiry in general. Do you know what I love about this? Yeah, they won't... Do you want to carry on? I'm just going to go and pee. Sure. The, th- the thing I love about this is... Chilcot happens, and they report in 2016. Mm-hmm. So that is 13 years, 13 years after, after, the, after the invasion. Yep. And it's just a couple of weeks before the Brexit referendum. Mm-hmm. And then it evaporates. The British way of handling these inquiries is open an inquiry, kick it down the road, we'll all be out of office, we'll no longer have to resign mm-hmm. because we won't, no longer have to, we won't be part of government. We won't have done anything criminal, so we wouldn't have been able to maintain our political positions, but because we won't have them anymore, it doesn't matter. And in Blair's case, you can still become peace envoy to the Middle East. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that the evidence gathering is happening whilst the Prime Minister is still, whilst the then Chancellor is now the Prime Minister. Mm -hmm. I fucking love it. I absolutely love it. But I don't think, but then I just don't think it makes for the, it serves the purpose of the inquiry. If people are still trying to preserve their reputation, if Richard Sunak on Monday, there's no way Richard Sunak on Monday is like, oh yeah, eat out to help out was a fucking ludicrous idea. It was, it, I'm really, truly sorry for it. And it was a real mistake. No one's being honest. It, I think it's too close to home. It's too close to the event. And I, it would much... Do you think they'd be honest if it was further into the future? Yes. I think they would. Actually? I actually think they would. If they had nothing to lose... If they, if, I also but, think but, like, but a Johnson, a Rob, a Hancock. Yes. You know, those guys, they, they, they don't have anything to lose, really. But also, also, it's still so personal. As in, they haven't achieved anything. They haven't done much since. It's like, as in, 
if someone said to you, imagine like if there was a Paul Luke's Joe inquiry tomorrow, which, which is any time coming, but you would be quite defensive about your time at Paul Luke's Joe. Whereas maybe 10 years when you write your book, 20 years time, you might examine mistakes that you might have made, any of us might have made. You think I'm going to write a book about this shit show? No, you're going to write a book about fucking beavers or something shite. But as in, that's my point. As in, it, I time... came up with a really good book proposal for you the other day and I thought I'm going to save that. What is it? It's really good. This is a, this is a sales pitch. What? Oh, it's really good, but I want a share of it. So reveal reveal on pod. I'd also like a share of it. No. Okay. <laughs> good try. <laughs> good try. Respect it. Um, we should have got elf bars. <laughs> Harry's just offered snooze. No, I think maybe after we'll go for a cigarette at some point. Yeah, I think you can nip out for a cig after we finish the serious stuff. Let's go. Okay. Um... We've done, uh, we've done, we've just done Eat Out to help out, haven't we? Very briefly. Have you done about the devolved governments? No. I'm really fascinated by Boris Johnson claiming that um, he didn't communicate properly with the devolved governments because they weren't communicating in the way that they, that he wanted them to. (laughs) (laughs) So there was this bit yesterday where he was saying if they let Scotland know any of the plans, then Scotland would tell the BBC and um, they would sort of soften it a little bit and so it wouldn't be quite as good as uh, you right? Yeah I was just um, placing that so the fish were the okay. whiskey jenny on the table to not alarm the fish yeah but anyway I just thought it was quite fascinating that he was like I didn't I didn't trust Nicola Sturgeon yeah to explain to the people what to do with the guidance but guidance was different as well in Scotland it, it does really seem that um it does really seem that they, none of the figures can really give a proper answer to any of the forensic questioning that's going on because the simple answer is that they didn't themselves know what was going on. Like when we looked at what was happening with the Met Police, they were giving the Met Police guidance 15 minutes before it would need to come into action. Now, how do you tell police officers within 15 minutes that this is the new law and you must start enforcing it when the public don't even really know how to abide mm-hmm. by that. Mm. Like, it's quite, it's extraordinary, isn't it? Mm. The big, the, I think the main things that were going on that have come out of the inquiry are that there were, there's too much politicking that was going on between ministers and too much squabbling. The NHS was so chronically underfunded that the second that there was a tiny bit more strain on it, it physically couldn't cope. And I had another third one and I can't think what it was. Might have something to do with that vodka. I've hardly had anything. It's your second bottle, though. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you had your breakfast bottle. Yeah. <laughs> you was at the Princess Margaret diet. Do you know that? I've seen that thing of her schedule. I have. It's She's so cool. Sick. Like, wake up, one martini, pa- papers in the bath. How does it match up with Hunter S. Thompson's? What was his again? Well, it's like cocaine and grapefruit before 7 a.m. One is more sustainable, I think. So Hunter like. S. Thompson used to have cocaine for breakfast. <laughs> Lunch and dinner, baby. That's totally nuts, isn't it? I'm, I'm going to pull that shit up. Yeah. It's good. It's real good. Hey, there's that whole thing about... Um, oh, you have to be loose with it, don't you? Because I think that that family comes out and sues people who talks about it. But there was this doctor who used to inject one of the presidents. Oh, yeah. With, um, I'm, not, I'm deliberately not naming anyone. Everyone so, that is. Yeah, but let's not, because they come out and they're quite litigious. I mean, then obviously that family will be listening to the politics. <laughs> <laughs> 
three hour <laughs> podcast. Um, anyway, how are you, sir? Um, you, you used to inject them with ecstasy, wasn't it? A little bit. I think so. Yeah. It was in the crown. Hunter S. Thompson's daily routine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hunter S. Thompson's daily routine. Tell us. 3 p.m. Rise. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> yep. 3.05. Chivas Regal Whiskey with the morning papers. Dunhills. Class. 3.45. Cocaine. <laughs> I like who's written this down in a schedule. <laughs> I said, this is his lifestyle, but he doesn't need everyone in structure. Have you not... Um, <laughs> As Sisyphus teaches us, the value of oh, regular cocaine. regular routine. <laughs> I don't think that's the lesson of Sisyphus, I'll be honest. No, it's... no. It's, <laughs> we <laughs> must imagine Sisyphus on cocaine. <laughs> no, obviously, <laughs> the moral of the story of Sisyphus like, is not about the benefits of daily routine. <laughs> we, we, we saw a TikTok of a woman saying that Sisyphus teaches... The benefits of daily routine because he gets up every day to roll the stone up the hill. That's really funny. And that's, that's what I was invoking. So she is a dumb bitch. Wow. wow. Unlike you. Unlike me. Who understands Greek myth. Smart bitch. Smart bitch. Smart, great. Must imagine that's so funny that you would read a story. That she's got to be is she American? Yeah, okay. yeah I was yeah. 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 so American. Yeah. Yeah. Reading American a story things. about a guy who rolled a, a stone up a hill every single day of his fucking life. He's on that grind set. Four oh five, first cup of coffee. Four fifteen. Cocaine? Correct. Sick. 4.16. Is it orange juice in uh, Dunhills? It is orange <laughs> How did you know that it was that. an orange juice in Dunhills? 4.30. Cocaine. <laughs> 4.54. Cocaine. Cocaine. 5.05. Mm, is it cocaine? It is cocaine. 5.11. Ah, um, That's quite soon after. Maybe a, a martini. It's actually coffee in Dunhills. Really? Oh, yeah, getting it. wholesome with it. 5.30, more ice in the Chivas. What's Chivas? Whiskey. Whiskey. 5.45. Cocaine. Cocaine, etc., etc. <laughs> oh, God. 6 o'clock. 6 p.m. Dinner. Grass. To take the edge off the day. His days have been three hours. <laughs> <laughs> His days would be a lot easier. If he wasn't. There's no. If he didn't feel like cocaine. cocaine. There's no edge. There's no edge. <laughs> if he'd been awake for three hours at six. That would be like, on a Saturday and Sunday, that would be like you taking the edge off your long day at 4am. That would be your, you, you taking the... Yeah. It gets better though. Yeah? 7.05. Cook in. Woody Creek Tavern for lunch. It's not lunch. Heineken, two margaritas, coleslaw, a taco salad, double on, order... go slow, of... go slow. I need to think. Two Dub... Heinekens. One Heineken, two margaritas, coleslaw, a taco salad, a double order of fried onion rings, carrot cake, ice cream, a bean fritter, Dunhills, another Heineken, cocaine, and for the ride home, a snow cone. That sounds so good. Do you know what? Snow cones are mental. Did you ever enjoy a snow cone? They're just like, it's like a crap slush, isn't it? Yeah. Nine, like them. 9 p.m. Start snorting cocaine seriously. What's he been doing before? <laughs> Warming up. No, that's when he brings like presumably some sort of woman in. 10 p.m. Uh -huh. Drops acid. Whoa. Every day. He only lived till like 52. <laughs> I think it's quite good evidence, to be fair. He had that orange juice. <laughs> 11 p.m. Cocaine. Chartreuse, cocaine, grass. Chartreuse? French liqueur. Oh, not a charcuterie board. No. 11.30. meats. 11.30, cocaine, etc., etc. Midnight. Hunter S. Thompson is ready to write. You're lying. Nope. Nine hours you later. Are lying. Fueled. 12.05 to 6 a.m. 
Chartreuse, cocaine, grass, chivas, coffee, Heineken, clove cigarette, grapefruit, Dunhills, orange clove juice. Clove cigarette? Gin. Clove cigarette? It's like... Gin, continuous pornographic movies. <laughs> continuous <laughs> pornographic movies. Continuous pornographic movies. 6am, hot tub champagne, fettuccine Alfredo. That's... Okay. You're joking. 8am, halcyon, 8.20, sleep. The routine was documented by E. Jean Carroll in her memoir... Hunter, the strange and savage life of Hunter S. Thompson. We probably have to do some sort of disclaimer that we don't encourage that. But actually, I disagree with that. I think everyone should, should aspire to do that. Well, it's good. You've really done the disclaimer well there. That yeah. was worth saying. <laughs> that, is, that is, if you look up disclaimer in the dictionary, that is what that means. Uh, I had a disclaimer. That's sort of like Joe, but Ed Campbell fully endorses that. Do you know, you know when you do Ofcom, and I've had it before, where a certain presenter, I'd be like, um, can you, could, would you mind just giving the other side of this argument because we, we have to do that. Mm-hmm. in Don't come for me, you have to. Like mm-hmm. It's literally Ofcom, you have to yeah, do yeah. it. And they'll be like, yeah, fine. So they read out the line that I've prepared for them, which is like, oh, um, the company that we have, you know, defamed <laughs> would say this. Uh-huh. And then at the end of it, they every time without fail, they'd go, but that's a load of rubbish. So you don't need to listen <laughs> to that. And I'd go... <laughs> Give me the fucking microphone. Give me the microphone. Yeah. I get to see it. Favourite journalist? My favourite journalist? Mm. Ollie Dugmore. That's a bit weird to say. No, that's what you would say. No, no that is, that's the right answer to the question. Oh, I didn't know that was being tested. Who's my favourite journalist? I think it's a test. Does someone want to answer who's got one prepared? Because I, I'd like some time to think. A.A. Gill? Mm-hmm. Marie Colvin? I really um, struggle with the AA Gill. Oh, let's go. Love. Let's go. Um, Bellboy. Garçon. I'm going to wee. Can I get some more whiskey, please? Um, you... Some ice in my whiskey glass, please, Could you give brother. a little bow to the camera every time? <laughs> uh, what's your problem with AA Gill? Um, I accept. I, I do think he's an incredible writer, and I do really enjoy reading him. But I think that there is a, um, a class issue right. in that a certain type of man refuses to separate, overly separates his personal life from his professional life. He was a pretty terrible person. Right, yeah. And... Thank you. Good work. Don't don't bang the table with your ass when you bow because it upsets the fish. <laughs> I am their guardian and keeper. Anyway, so A.A. Gill was, you know, it was quite widely known that he was pretty terrible. Yep. And... He comes off well in the Anthony Bourdain. Um, in that episode? Yeah. Do you think? Um, for, for viewers who aren't familiar, it's the Scotland episode of um, Parts Unknown. He goes, they go shooting together in, in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Bourdain gets blooded. Yeah, and it's like this, it, it's, it's so upper class. It's like, it's, it, it's extraordinary. Mm. They, they kind of, like they come back, don't they cook what they, what they shot? They do. He's a pretty terrible person. Why, why do you... Actually, do you know what, though? Anthony Bourdain was a 
pretty terrible person you by even, some accounts, you, but I refuse to. Accept I've given that. you. I've given you the book to read. Um, I've given you the 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 hatchet job book on Bourdain, so you can revisit it. You just haven't you haven't read it. You haven't taken it off the desk. Actually, well, it's still opposite but me. But I on told your you desk. because I'm I'm I have to finish for the what is it? What I'm finishing for the bell who to, the tolls or whatever that fucking Hemingway shite. But at the same time, it's really crap. You ever read Finnegan? Wed. You ever read Finnegan's Wake? No, but also, can I just say the reason that the Hemingway book has taken me so long was that I took a break because I had to do my Christmas reading of the Bell Jar and Pride and Prejudice. As is tradition. Yeah, and then I'll be back on Hemingway, and then I'm and then I'm on Bourdain. Okay. Um, I don't believe that A. A. Gill's moral purity or otherwise has anything to do with the work that he did. Moral purity is a bit of a, a bit of a leap there, would you not say? Whether he has it or not. Because I'm not talking about, you know, whether someone did like a, had a slight transgression. I'm talking about, you know, some pretty egregious shit. I think he's one of the finest writers of his generation. I don't disagree with that. But I also think that R. Kelly had some good songs. <sighs> We're talking R. Kelly. <laughs> Welcome back, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, R. Kelly and... No, I'm leaving that there. It's stuck in. Hmm. What have you got there? Is that a gin? It's uh, a... Moving off the AUs. Uh, there's, I think there's only a couple left, and if either of you want to try them, I don't no, know. No, they're for you, man. Oh, cool. The seltzers are for you. It's a gin something. Um, it's you, you and whoever, if anyone in the gallery wants one. I think Laura wants one. You got one? Laura, do you want some syrup? Um, I like... Are we still doing favourite journalists? Are we... Mm. Oh, sorry, you've gone away for two minutes to figure out who it, who it is. Actually, give me time to think, to be honest with you. Ava's been um, telling me I'm a dickhead for, for my choices, so. A.A. Who, who did you say? It you wasn't just A.A. Gill. Who else did you say? Oh, Marie Colvin. Marie Colvin. Yeah. And Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. Who also, by the sounds of his daily routine, stand-up guy. Basi I'm going I'm to do a basic. Yeah? Walter Cronkite. Let's fit. Well, well Oh, what's that fucking Every, Vietnam book? Everyone always likes... Um, everyone likes Louis Theroux, journalist. Can't ignore him. I like John Ronson. I really enjoy Bash Cummings' podcast at Tortoise. I think they're excellent. Yeah, you like Tortoise, don't you? I really like Tortoise. I think Tortoise does excellent journalism. Um, Ava? I can't think, actually. One of the most extraordinary books I've read recently was Friday Night Lights by H.G. Bissinger which you might have seen the movie or the TV series, but it's based on a book written in the 80s, where basically he moved to Odessa, Texas, which was this oil town, which had been like kind of decimated by the oil boom and then bust in the 80s. Mm. And he just like embeds with the high school football team for a year. And it is unbelievable. Mm. It's, it's about race, it's about American politics, it's about American football. It is extraordinary. I think it's my favourite book that I've read. Maybe, maybe ever. It's a real good thing. You know, we were talking actually about um, college sports and what yes. they mean in, in American towns. It's a, good, it's a good example of that. There's also a really good, um, I think he was a Sports Illustrated journalist. Who, oh, yeah. Who went, and did, who went and played five plays for a professional football team <laughs> yes. at quarterback. Sick. Um, he's not an athlete and he just got laid out. There's a really good um, book by Michael Herr from the Vietnam War called Dispatches where he's, he's on the front lines and it's, it's kind of part, part diary, part memoir, part reportage 
and there's an absolutely insane entry slash scene at uh, Kaysan, which is a, a base that the Marines, American Marines, are defending. It's like um, it's hand-to-hand combat, and he's in one of the foxholes with a, with a couple of Marines throughout one of the nights, and um, they basically it's like fucking people stabbing each other, shooting each other at point blank range, grenades going off like right next to his face and stuff, and there's a rifle uh, at the side of the pothole, which is they've the Marines said to him, you know, if if we get fucking cleaned out and they come in, like that's for you. And he leaves it ambig. They neither of them die, but he leaves it ambiguous about whether or not during the fighting he picks up the rifle and starts that's shooting and starts shooting out of the foxhole at the at the MVA in the Viet wow. Cong. And it's uh, you don't know, you don't know what, what happened because the whole thing is kind of like about the chaos and the brutality of war and the way that people forget and also the banality of it and, and how they re- reject the reality of things that they've seen mm-hmm. the next day when you're interviewing them. So you don't know whether or not he actually stepped over that line as a reporter, picked up the rifle and started fighting. Um, it's a yeah, really good book. I'd recommend it. Have you listened to Pig Iron, the tortoise series? No. I'm just sucking off tortoises at the moment, but they're sick. <laughs> it's a really good... Um, it's a really good... Pod- you pay for it? No, aspiring. <laughs> I'm an aspiring tortoise <laughs> subscriber. Are you using that login that we all use for? What's an aspiring tortoise? A turtlet? Uh, a little baby. Tortlet? An egg. An egg. It's an egg. Yeah, you're an egg. Um, I'm an egg. But there's a bit. So basically, P- Pig Iron's about there was a, an American war reporter who's basically just a kid. He was just like, I want to go and report on, I want to be a war reporter. So he went, in, went to Ukraine in 2015, I think, and did some reporting there as like a stringer. Kind of, and it's kind of about the lack of protection afford, afforded to freelance war reporters mm-hmm. in conflict by mainstream newspapers. And then he went to, I think it's Sudan, and basically he's um, killed by Sudanese state forces, uh, the, the war reporter is. And there's a bit about the interview Anthony Lloyd, who wrote a book, who wrote a book called... Another really good journalist. Mark, yeah. Be- Beautiful War, Where Are You Now or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I miss you so... It was a brilliant book if you can... I know, I, I know what you tit- mean. I featured yeah. the title. But it's a, a brilliant book. And then interview him about the, the blurring of the lines between um, like war reporter and combatant. And I think they're interviewing him about um, would, would a war reporter ever pick up a gun? And he kind of laughs and was like, yeah. Like, people, if there's someone who's going to try, trying to kill you, if there's a bullet come towards you, there's a gun there. You're, fucking, you're picking that up. Would Mary Colton have picked up a gun? Mm. Don't know. Never knew. Couldn't comment. There, I was told a story a couple of years ago when we were. I can't remember where I was. I was in Israel. Yeah, twenty eighteen ish. I was in Israel on a work on a work dispatch. Was told a story that one of the journalists got into a, a bit of trouble in Lebanon. Got one phone call. Called Boris Johnson who was foreign secretary at the time. Wow. And he got her out. And it's quite extraordinary. Who would your phone call be to? Well, can I just say because... (laughs) Right. (laughs) Just the foreign secretary. (laughs) Diane Abbott. (laughs) She phoned his mobile and also she she doesn't work for a paper that was particularly Mm favourable to the... It's not a paper that you would associate with being um, Tory adjacent at all. And her one phone call was to his mobile. Isn't that wild? It was the middle of the night and he answered. Crazy. Mm. 
There's a, you met, I'm not redeeming like, him, all right? Don't know. <laughs> when you're mentioning um, the Sports Illustrated guy who mm. was just like... The, game, was it three or four plays? Had the yeah. shit kicked out of him for a while. I do like the kind of humour in, in American journalism. that they could, I don't know if it's a theme of it. I think it was the New York Knicks were doing really shit. Maybe it was five years ago. And the New York Times decided they weren't worthy of coverage. So they sent their Knicks reporter just on a tour around the world <laughs> to, to report on other sports. <laughs> they, really? They were, they were like, until the Knicks started to perform better, we're not reporting on the Knicks. <laughs> this guy is our like global basketball co- correspondent. Yeah. I like the Gonzo side of it as well. I'm a sucker for Gonzo journalism. Yeah. It's quite wild, isn't it, that you would... Um, we were talking about this actually briefly the other day, but we didn't really get into it, about... Um, the, the what would compel you to become a foreign correspondent or mm. to become a war cor- well, foreign correspondent? Yeah. To become a war reporter, conflict reporter, um, and later in your life, how when you start to have a family or you start to have dependents, you totally lose all the will to do that, mm-hmm. and you don't want to do it anymore. I think it's the highest form of journalism, really, isn't it? That that with that level of danger, uh, that level of well, that's tr- but that's also a very Western view, isn't it? Because if you are, say, reporting in a democracy that's not favourable to journalists and you're reporting on politics, then that's a pretty dangerous thing to be doing, isn't it? It's pretty yeah, no, yeah, that's true. No, it certainly is, but I don't think it's as, as dangerous as being on a, a in a trench in Ukraine. Okay, what would you rather? You're in a trench in Ukraine. Right. You're in a- <laughs> Where is the trench? Huh? How close to the front line? Um, yeah, sorry, it's a trench. probably quite close to the front line. Yeah, okay. It's fairly solid on that one, I think, mate. <laughs> Just in it's, Kiev, just a trench in Kiev, the hanging out. Border. I reckon out. you're like two checkpoints back. Right. Right, from, so, you, okay, you're, the option in Ukraine, you're on a hill and you can see that they're kind of like, maybe the advance is about five miles ahead, mm. right? You can kind of see it. Fucking hell, how far can you see, man? Well, I actually can see fucking far. You should see these eyes, catch these eyes. So jealous. <laughs> I'm looking everywhere. I'm seeing everything. <laughs> your thoughts in your head, yeah? She sees that. No, my glasses protect her <laughs> from doing that. He did a spell they on me. protect her from the thoughts in my head. <laughs> he, what? They would fuck her up. <laughs> what uh, what like Potter Cyclops spell would you use on me? <laughs> what Potter spell would you get to disarm me from your thoughts? Uh, there actually is one. It's Aquamancy. There is like a... There is a thing in Harry Potter. You are so lucky you've got a Mrs. Man because I don't like the damage to your reputation. <laughs> this Harry Potter. And you are Potter. so lucky she Potter. doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> She's actually, it's her number one podcast this year. Was it? Yeah. She listens to nothing else. <laughs> Just on loop. Um, there's, no, okay, that's not, no. There is a thing in Harry Potter where you, you can attack someone's thoughts and mind and implant like false memories. And... Harry goes through training with Snape to prevent, try and prevent it. I think it's called documentary. It would just mind be sucking off someone, I think. With what hand? No, I didn't. The, 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 the cameras. <laughs> there's, there's three cameras. I don't think that... Did you catch that? T- that no, no that one, on one ca- caught that, did they? No, see, they didn't see it, so I don't know what you're talking about. The thing is, man, if you were nicer to these fish, they'd take your side right now. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? These two boys here, they'd be on your side. Person Look at their world. eyes. One of Look the, at I, their eyes. They can see. They've got like 360 vision, my man. freaky eyes. I did catch, catch a glass. Do you like them? Oh, I pick no. them. Especially like them. for their eyes. What are you I thinking thought they were names, really cute. What are you thinking names-wise? I like wise? person glove. 
Person glove. I think that's Crab and Goyle. Crab. Sean's asking for some recommendations. Do you want to come out and tell us? From the Reddit? Yeah. Yeah, please do. Why don't you come out and join us? Please come out and, and join in. We're getting we're getting to that stage now. It's getting fruity out here. Should we give a little clap? Mm, Sean. Sean Hickey. Sean Hickey, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you can't do that for yourself, bro. <laughs> Woo! So, come to the mic. Only sit only on sit on Ed's lap. Sit on his only lap. because I've upvoted it. Egg and mayo is in the lead at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> We've then got Ava and Ollie. That's good because he doesn't like egg mayo. Oh, I also don't like Ava and Ollie. So, Little Neek and Barry Chuckle brackets or IP. Right. And then Blue and Finn. All of them are tied on one vote at the moment. It's very early days. I don't yeah, get, I don't get blue and fin. Blue fin tuna. Right. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Egg and mayo so far. Thanks, Sean. Okay. Keep us updated on that. Yeah. As the scores come in. <laughs> um, this it, We feel like we're getting to the fun part. We uh, did, did you notice how um, I don't think this, this podcast has ever been more earnest than when we were talking about our favourite journalists? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's quite revealing though, isn't it? As in, like, that's, that's, we all want to become journalists for a reason. Yeah. And that speaks to it, doesn't it? I don't know why I wanted to become a journalist. Yeah. No. I really wanted to do it, but I don't know why. Yeah. Only politics, though. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. I've got no interest in any other form of journalism. I am. And we're the total opposite. Yeah, we're the total opposite. That's so interesting. I'm, sh- I'm surprised that that was your first revelation about that. It makes sense that you've said it, but I've never thought about it. So I have... Um, I know, but I really want to smoke. Do you want to pop out for a cigarette? Do you want to... Oh, we're not going to... You're just going to carry on. Well, I might join you for the next one. I've, I've recently... I know you've just seen me vaping on the pod. There's actually no nicotine in that vape. Okay. What the fuck's the point of it then? Well, so I recently have tried to quit. Quit? You vape? Yeah. You didn't notice there was a three-week period where I didn't vape at all in the office. <laughs> Actually, there's been a whole five years of employment <laughs> vaping in the office, um, and I didn't. And then I relapsed. Oh no! But what I've Relapsing done vaping is the most lame. Well, no, I started relapse. smoking again. And I was oh, like, okay. "You fucking idiot!" Oh, not as you smoking actually. Yeah, yeah. So you saw me do that, and I was like, "You fucking idiot! Stop smoking!" That was so much fun. That was such a nice week. It kind of felt like, do you know, like, you know what feeling it had to it. Do you know, like, when you were at school, like, in primary school, and, like, the last two weeks before you broke up for Christmas, like, everything was a bit off kilter. Mm-hmm. And I was using, I was using words like kilter when I was six. Mm. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like, yeah, there's TV in the classroom. Your, your normal teacher's not there. Everything's been a games. mess. It felt like that. Well, anyway, so I then went back to the vapes because it was like, you silly fucking idiot. Just don't be a moron and go back to the nicotine vape. So... Nicotine is highly addictive. That's one part no of it. No way. <laughs> yeah. Newsflash. <laughs> we tell you the fucking news on this pod. <laughs> but also there's the habit of it. There's the physical, the inhalation, the holding the thing, yada, yada, yada. So the way I have been quitting is you go down to the lowest possible nicotine. Then you go down to, that still has nicotine in it. Then you go down to zero milligrams, which is what that has been for the last week. Mm-hmm. And then once you've weaned yourself off the nicotine addiction, you then stop and you go, the habit of me holding and inv- inhaling the thing, that also right. goes. Right, right, right. I don't have the interest in quitting at the moment. I have done it before, successfully. Really? I have quit, yeah. I quit, for a, I quit for a good six months. Fair and point. then I just, I was just like, 
I'm so much less cool. <laughs> no, it's, it's never, ever been about that. If anything, actually, it really disrupts my image to be smoking because I don't smoke cute or chic. You know, like how... Do you know, like how... I don't know. Because you smoke five cigars at once. Yeah. <laughs> you smoke a pipe. If you took the elastic band off the five cigarettes, then it would look cool. Yeah. But you know how, like, I guess, typically, like, on Tumblr, back in 2012, we were all reposting those, like, really hot French women that were, like, laying across a shade long and, like, you know, smoking a cigarette. And we'd be like, oh, they are so chic. Like, I walk around the office with, like, a rolly hanging outside my mouth or, or my ear, and it's deeply unsexy, deeply unchic. So why do you do it, then? Uh, because I fucking love it. There is nothing better to me than five minutes of peace of the outside. If you were to just, let's say you're Ed, right? And you don't smoke, so you're a fucking loser. And Never smoked. <laughs> Never smoked. You're not doing yourself any favours. Never smoked one cigarette. My lungs thank me every day. I've I'm... got to go and smoke now. We've talked about it too much. <laughs> yeah, I cool. can walk up Five every stairs. Yeah. Um, and what you... If every time you got stressed, yep. you just went outside and went for a walk mm -hmm. and focused on your breathing, mm -hmm. literally, your inhale and your exhale for five minutes, that would be relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not saying it's the same, but... There was a period when I would go out for a cigarette break with, every, with everyone. Yeah. Because it's kind of like, from an employee rights kind of view... <laughs> like, I want a break as well! Yeah. Yeah, I do want a break. If you just don't get to do work. Have we, um, should, Sean's just absconded to go for a fag. Have we still got someone vision mixing? Yeah, someone observing this. Okay, fantastic. Thank God. Thank you, guys. This is high-value production. Serious stuff. Do you want to move, move to the Q&A? Should we do one? I'm trying to think. Should we do one to... Yeah. Shall we? Okay, so do you do a serious one? Do you do a non-serious one? Because Ava's tons as well. There is all these. There's about like, hundred questions here. Yes. Like we'll this be, is. We've got. We can. We we got about two 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 and a half hours. So, you know. Sick. What do you want to do? Should we ask all the Ava specific? <laughs> all the Ava specific ones. Um. <laughs> sorry, I've just seen one. When will Ed apologise for the Glencoe massacre? <laughs> I saw that. That's sick. I, I added that about an hour ago. That's so funny. Yeah. It was one of my favourites. Genuinely, it, so, it comes up more than you'd think. So, um, just just for... People who aren't the in Scottish history. Yeah, just for the English right. who are listening. Because these days you get arrested and thrown in jail just for saying you're English, Ed. And it's being beamed into prison. <laughs> can, you, can you explain, first of all, why someone has asked that question? And yeah. second of all, why it's relevant to you and why it's funny that you, Ed Campbell, have been asked that question? So, Glencoe Massacre. So, Ca so, Campbell, Ed Campbell. I'm a Campbell of Argyle. Campbells of Argyle are like the baddies of Scottish history. Like every opportunity there was to side with the English. We're like, oh yeah, yeah, brother, oh. rock on. Yep. And so, the Glencoe Massacre is what the Red Wedding is. One of two things actually that the Red Wedding and Game of Thrones was based on. The Glencoe was the home of the Macdonalds, who were traditionally it's beautiful. Yeah, very beautiful. Next to Loch Lochy, near Fort William. Am I right? I, I don't know. I believe. I believe that's where it is. Let us know. Anyway, I can't believe I've just gone out on a limb like that. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm not. I'm ninety percent sure that's where it is. Um, and the Campbells were visiting Glencoe. I guess they went there. I don't know where they're visiting. Just popping in. Just popping in. No, nothing to do with premeditated murder no. or anything. Like <laughs> we were in the area. <laughs> 
Don Argyle in the southwest of Scotland. We're here. Just hang out. Clinkle, and there's hundreds of us. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Nothing suspicious here. Um, and the, uh, the McDonald's welcomed them in, fed them, sheltered them. They went to sleep. Campbell's, because fucking grind set. <laughs> Like Sisyphus, baby! Um, up every day! Absolutely fucking pushing that boulder up the hill. He's a Campbell, you know it. Um, <laughs> Ed, the, believe it or not, at the Glencoe Massacre, the Campbells massacred the McDonald's and it became this whole... How many whole, did you get? I think hundreds. Not, not enough. I don't know. Do I, need to, do I need to take responsibility for this? I wonder if the, if the chief of the clan has apologised for this. Um, but people still talk about it now. And in fact, in Glencoe, there's a hotel which will not host anyone whose surname is Campbell. And it's become this whole, it's, it's a real dark part of Scottish history. Can history I say, in general, can we, I guess. I, this, is, this opens up an interesting question for me, which connects to the reparations debate and other debates, which is about the culpability of individuals living in the present now for the actions of... Well, I think we were actually, Glencoe Massacre were settled because the McDonald's are getting free advertising on my podcast. <laughs> Justice. <laughs> Finally. Mm. Um, very quickly, before we move on from this, did you watch Mad Men? Yeah. Do you know that bit where um, Pete Campbell tries to send his daughter to school <laughs> and, and, who, and the, the head teacher is a, McDon- is a McDonald's? Mm. That's kind of thing where that's, so if you've not seen it, Pete Campbell tries to send his daughter to a private school and the head teacher is kind of refusing because he's a Campbell <laughs> and he's a McDonald's. And this is in like 1960s America mm. and it rings true. And it's a very funny bit where Pete just goes, the king ordered it! <laughs> Which actually speaks to much of my behaviour today. So, should we do reparations now? Well, no, I was just going to say, and you have done journalism on this, so I kind of want, before Ava comes back and we descend into depravity, the thing I really struggle with, with any debate around reparations, and I'm obviously in- entirely conscious that it's not really my place to have necessarily a view or decide about the morality or legality of, mm-hmm. of it, is that, let's say your ancestors have done wrong, mm-hmm. you yourself have not done wrong. Mm-hmm. I, it, doesn't fo- it doesn't scan for me that you should... The way, the way that justice works, right, is you've done wrong, you atone, you're punished, you then have, you know, justice has been done, you have clemency, you're absolved of your sins or whatever, and, and we move on. The f- I, it doesn't work for me that you, as a descendant of someone else who's done something horrible, terrible, has to pay the price for that for that for that person's misdeeds. Mm-hmm. Not least because I think it's Hannah Arendt, which which says have have the treat your treat your forebears with humility, so that those who come after you might do the same to you, right? Because the way that our ancestors behaved does not fit with the morality that we have now. No. It, it never will. And you can be damn sure as the Ark, to quote a, <laughs> the duality of man, Hannah Arendt and Barack Obama, <laughs> the, the, arc of, the, the arc of history bends towards progress, right? So in the future, in future, things that we do now that we don't even fuck, we can't even conceive of being wrong right now, mm-hmm. people in the future could judge us for. Yeah. And you have to treat those who came before you with the humility because if you don't, how can you ask those who come after you to do the same to you? Because you didn't know better. And I'm really reluctant for that reason to kind of conduct any kind of discussion or conversation about reparations for historical misdeeds. I think at the time, you know, you're, like your Treaty of Versailles type stuff, right? So 
you conquer someone in battle and then you impose punishing um punishing sanctions punishing punishing tributes etc on, mm. on on the conquered i understand that but going back through history you know are we going to relitigate the last think, 3000 years of human history i actually i disagree with you i think <clears throat> um well in the example of the clinical massacre that was mm. abhorrent by the standards of the time i think what needs to be thought about in these things is that the norms the norms were established they weren't inherent so mm. the so the Draxes, they pioneered chattel slavery. And just and just for you, can you, can you explain who Richard Drax? Sorry, excuse me. Yeah, Richard Drax is a Tory MP, and his family, the Draxes, they basically created the first kind of slave plantation in the Caribbean. And there's um, um me and me and Bellboy Harry made a video, which I think is very good, uh, on the political YouTube channel about kind of hit the argument that the Draxes should pay reparations. Richard Drax is still a fantastically wealthy man. One of the best videos we published in the last year for my money. I think it's, I think it's good. Um, but the Draxes, there was nothing. There was nothing that said they couldn't do that, but they made it socially acceptable to do that. Mm. It's not the, the, every social more that we have and social convention is established by actions. Mm. It's not something that says isn't it's it's permissible. It's not encouraged. This is what I love about these conversations, right? Is you adopt a position which, for me anyway. What I, the, the argument I just outlined to you for me makes complete logical sense. Mm. Okay, so then you go to the test case, right? You go to the extremes mm. and, you, and you figure out, in the case of Richard Drax, someone who has directly benefited, yeah, directly yeah. profited, not just from slavery, but from inventing chattel slavery, yeah. from being the architect of it. Mm. So you're really, you know, you are now, yeah. from my default position of... It's like inventing you know, murder. You, yeah, you as, you as a distant Campbell, whether or not you should pay reparations for the Glencoe Massacre... I'm kind of like, no, I don't think you should. But when you are the descendant of the man who invented chattel slavery, yep. you swapped from white indentured labor to black slave labor, and then you as the descendant of him, you still have the estate. Yep. Yes, that's a key point as well. On, yeah, yeah. on, on the South Coast. Mm -hmm. And there are still large parts, right, in, in, in the Caribbean of, of that area of land where people are still trying to find their ancestors mm -hmm. buried in the ground. On that estate, mm -hmm. which he owns. Are you talking about Drax? Yeah, we are. Um, Clive Lewis was talking about Drax the other day. Yeah, in that brilliant interview. Yeah? Oh. Yeah, go on. What? Or I didn't really speak, yeah. Was good. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to hear your, your view on that, because I feel the same way about when I do Zizek. Right. right. First time I did him in person, Slavoj Zizek, uh, the most dangerous philosopher in the West, communist philosopher, that most dangerous descriptor is probably a slightly ironic one, but nonetheless, first time I interviewed him, I believe I asked him five questions over the course of an hour long interview, and he just talked. One of the, the questions, there's an 18 minute gap, and over the course of the interview, my, my boss and producer at the time was in my ear, counting the minutes that I hadn't spoken for, going 15, 16. That's really patronizing, who was 17. doing that? They will remain nameless. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's, well, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, say that's quite rude actually <laughs> um but in my mind and i often say this when i'm interviewing someone simultaneously uh, i tell them simultaneously the easiest interview i've ever done because i don't have to speak for 20 minutes but also the hardest interview i've ever done because you're trying to figure out when do i come in yeah when do i interject because i'm not the reason i'm quiet is not because i'm meek or well maybe actually the night probably was but I feel like he's still on the set. He's still explaining the position that he's still answering the original question I asked him. 
And the thing, the thing I cut in with, he said about 10 minutes in that he'd watched the Chernobyl uh, nuclear series recently. And then 15 minutes later, I was like, what did you think of Chernobyl when he was a million he's miles like, away? He's from... like, what are you talking about? Yeah, no, he did. He was like, I'm talking about Richard Drax. He's like, what? Gareth <laughs> Harris is a genius. Yeah, yes. He was like, no, it's okay. But what I was saying was... <laughs> that, Chernobyl, that Chernobyl stuff was amazing. And it's so tainted in my mind because during the last episode, I had like the most traumatic breakup. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> they could, the people on the programme could not imagine the trauma <laughs> yeah, going Dra- I should have said dramatic dramatic is better but it's just so it's always like I remember coming in the next day and like the person I was working for at the time was like and how was the last episode and I was saying it was it's fine it's just like you know I've, I've got to move out now <laughs> you, know, you know those fucking um, those boys who went in right yeah on the guys who were on that shift that had to go into the base, the flooded basement that that sticks in my mind like nothing else yeah because they were the only people there who knew where the fucking isolator valve or whatever it was so they were like right men um, you are faced with certain death you are the only people we have who can go in and stop this so either way through the radioactive yeah, water you go yeah. in and you will die or you don't go in and hundreds of thousands of people will die because uh, the the elephant's foot will reach the water course, and forevermore the water table will be contaminated. And so these fucking units, these top boys, go, da, spasiba, <laughs> put on like a fucking Mac, and are like, <laughs> <"In> I like, <laughs> game on, the poncho. They should they should get some sort of like, do they ever get like a posthumous award? Or I think they like I think that? they got them at the time. They, they got the heroes of the Soviet Union. That's horrible. Pre- and then when they go into the hospitals and everyone's yep. hands are burning off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But interestingly, those guys who went in and did that, they lived dramatically longer lives than was expected. Really? Really? Yeah, because two you, days. <laughs> they lived to thirty. <laughs> um, no, because by rights, like obviously. <laughs> by rights, you know. They should be fucking fried, right? Definition of brain worms. But no, and they don't really fully understand why. They think the water might have had something to do with it. That the radiation didn't didn't poison them in the way that was expected. And so um, many of them live beyond their 60s as a result. What? Wow. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's extraordinary. It is, yeah. Um, Harry, could I, could I have some more ice, please, mate? Thank you. Could I get something else, please, Harry? Quick bow to the camera, if you wouldn't mind, please. Yeah, sorry. You're entering the set, so please bow. Should we talk about some of Harry's... Personal highlights of politics, sure. He's, oh, he's, he's a bit. He's, yeah. a, he's someone who doesn't get his, his hero of politics, Joe. Absolutely. I want to give flowers to. I want to give flowers to Harry Ainsworth. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do his flowers. Harry shoots. Harry's very competent shoot edit. Brilliant shoot edit. <laughs> yeah, it's competent. Brilliant shoot edit. He's done. That was that was the words of a manager who doesn't want to give a pay rise. <laughs> <laughs> You're wrong. Um, <laughs> the, for, what's sorry. That, what's what's Harry done? Can, may I just sorry, the, uh, the 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 journalistic norm is that there is no higher praise than than competency than adequacy, that to be reliable and to be steady and to say, you know what you're going to do, you know who's doing it, that for me is the highest praise. Um, Harry you, did Harry. one of I you remember actually specifically. You ask for ice, you get ice. Can I give you a cube? Um, no, I'm, I actually prefer it like this. I don't want four cubes. I'll go and then I'll take a cube. Thanks. You chuck it in the Oh, fish. not for my drink. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't even get that. Doesn't mean anything. Okay. It's for the fish tank. I look warm. Um, Shall I ice the fish? I, I no, no, no don't ice it's whiskey the fish. Fuck it. All right, Greta. Fucking we have to be... <laughs> 
<laughs> Fucking fanny. <laughs> I, I care about more about the plant in the tank than the fish. Um, we had to be really careful with the temperature of that water. Shawnee and I Tell spent, me more. spent quite a lot of time, didn't we, Shawnee, monitoring how warm... It was a bit of a drama, wasn't it? Was it was a drama, Shawnee says. Is that because of the pH in the water? Um, yeah, we had to do like a shock to the water. So we had, firstly, we had to get the water temperature right. Then we had to do a shock to the water. And then what was the next thing we did? There was like another treatment thing. Filter. There was... Neither Shawnee and I have got a career in STEM after this, but as we've discovered, because we had to outsource. <laughs> <laughs> we had to outsource fitting together the filter to one of the boys Women on the team. Did you know that the pH of our oceans has dropped from 8.1 to around 7.7, which sounds minuscule. But if you are but that's familiar happened, with the pH scale... Don't be a cunt. You know, only that, up to about 14. That has dropped in the space of one human lifetime, right? Jesus. In the, in the, in, in the space of one generation. Mm -hmm. That is more than the pH of the oceans has changed in the entire scope of human existence. Fucking hell. Yeah, in you know what it's similar to? TikTok at the moment is radicalizing women into using feminine hygiene products that are really bad for the pH of their vaginas. Really? Yes. Um, and so, like, how so? Well, your vagina is self-cleaning, and mine's not. <laughs> oh, oh, a good one from Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> um, Keep going. Your vagina is self-cleaning, and TikTok are selling all these products that are like. This is how you how you make your vagina fresh, and it's like no, it it is always fresh, and if it's not, then you need to go to the doctor because then that's a problem. Is that like a rehashed Victorian douching arguments? It, it really is actually, mm. and it probably is linked to the trad wife thing, right? In some capacity. What? All these no. pro, all these pro trad wives. Yeah, sorry. No. All these, all, I love my trad Here wife. She's going it's off again about the trad wife phenomenon. <laughs> Just wife, according to Ollie Dugmore. <laughs> Mrs. Dugmore, the trad wife. Did your wife take your last name? Uh, no. How modern. She but might do, yeah, because they're cousins. They have the same last name. Yeah. No, I thought. No, no. It's just. It's just funny that you're you're putting forward this big trad wife argument. Um, no, I like to joke about the tribe wife thing. I don't know. And I, it um, seems like she might actually be her own person. She certainly is her own person. I, um, no, I, uh, I'm in two minds about the tribe wife stuff. Not like the, the trend, right? <laughs> you know, the trend is nonsense. Um, <laughs> but if, so, if someone wants to be a trad wife, like if you as a woman go, that's I want to do that. That's the argument. What, that's, is the, what is the argument? Because of course, if that is something that you want to do, like all of my, most of my school friends would like to be trad wives and they are becoming mm. that. And that, that's, that's, that's lovely for them. They want to, they, they want to give up their jobs and they want to be at home and they want to, um, th that's what they want to do. And they want to have children. And I, I love that. That's fine. You know, they're really happy with their lives and I love them and I love that for them. I don't begrudge them that, by the way. I would do the no same. No one should begrudge them I'd because the, the whole point of feminism is that the you choice. are, yeah, the choice. You're yeah. allowed to do that or yeah. you're also allowed to go to work and there's no one dictating you're to you what you're meant to, to be doing. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's just as damaging for women if you say, well, you need to go to work as it is to say you can't, you know, you must stay at home. Mm -hmm. That both of those arguments are damaging, right? It's yep. the point is, is that kind of author authoritarian <laughs> or authoritative uh, push on women that have been there for centuries. That was, you have to do what we're telling you to do. Birthrights declining, so fucking 
get back home and yeah. yada yada. Well, like Mims Davies, she she knows a thing or two about that. A big part of the travel thing online as well is like submissiveness to the husband. It's not like just it's not just yeah, staying at home. Yeah, I mean that's a fucking bollocks on it. That's just. I feel that way about a lot of kind of young right wing talking heads. Far right. Oh no, because she's not far right. That's as, not fair. As yeah. In, like, um, people, I've, I don't name them, but we've talked about one individual a lot. But okay, well, I feel sorry for her too. In, so, so one individual, as like a A-level student, started behaving in a right-wing way online, got positive reinforcement. I'm not funny. Like we all, we are all victims to it. Going like getting positive, re- positive reinforcement on social media feels sick. Feels great. Mm. That's what like our job is: positive reinforcement on social media. We're addicted to numbers. We're addicted to numbers going up. Lance Corporal numbers, yeah. Absolutely. And so getting that and it's positive reinforcement of as you get all your right-wing takes and opinions and more sh- the more shocking stuff you do is getting more and more numbers. You're getting more and more positive reinforcement. And I kind of think it's almost, she's almost been groomed into this, this figure, this like right-wing specter. And she's, I think she's only about 20 or 21. I, str- I, struggle, I really struggle with this because I think there's a, um, there's a middle ground, right? Which is, it is legit to hold right-wing positions. Mm-hmm. You're, you are allowed to hold right-wing political positions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fine. There are merits to the arguments. There are downsides to the arguments. That's the nature of uh, politics and political debate. If you are ostracized for holding moderate right-wing opinions, what happens if you don't, you, as a left-wing person, if you don't empathize with that person, find common cause with them, have a degree of debate, find the, uh, the common kernel of truth, and then try and win that person around to your way of thinking. If you don't do that and you ostracize the person, what you do is you push them further and further down the rabbit hole until they become persona non grata because they hold literally like abhorrent views. That's, for me, is where we're slightly going wrong with our... In our, in our culture at the moment, is the idea that because you are a small c conservative, your your position, y- your your politics are untenable. Do you know yeah, what? I, I actually, agree. Yeah. I don't think that's what's happening in this case. Why? To be honest with you, I think there's a real media clamor for young right wing person. No, to- I totally agree with you. And young right wing person, you tweet a right wing thing, you get both. And people, producers, yep. are, and also you're much more likely. If you're, if you're not famous, mm-hmm. if you have no following, you're much more likely to say yes to something. Don't get me wrong. I think it can be a grift. I think it can be a grift. I don't even think it's a grift. Well, course, I don't okay, think it's a grift. Let's talk specifically about the person in question. I would argue that she was radicalised by the channel. And I thought that I, I, if, any, if any producer had come to any 19-year-old and invited them onto t- television, you would say something pretty abhorrent and pretty outlandish because you're not... You've got the shock factor and you don't understand the consequences of what you're saying. And I'm not just saying the ramifications of what that is like to be on the public or the front facing stage, but also the consequences of what you're saying on a moral issue, on a moral side of it. Mm. You don't quite fully understand that if you if you might have thought something, for example, this person we're talking about has said some pretty terrible things about trans people, like really abhorrent things, which is basically like they can they can take their own life Mm -hmm. and I don't care. Um. When you are that young and blindsided, you don't fully understand that a, a, a person now might take their life because of what mm. you've said. You can't quite fully grasp it. And I think the the left or the more, I think it would be more, for, how do I phrase that? I think 
it's uncomfortable to say, right, that person should be expunged from the body politic altogether and we should shun them. You need to kind of have some sort of outreach to them. Like, do you understand what you're doing? Mm -hmm. There's, yeah, I, 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 I do largely agree with you. I think also as well, there's a point when you are an adult, you can make your own decisions. I think that's also like the undercurrent of this. As in like, I do have such, I have such empathy for this person. Every time they come off of my timeline, I just feel a bit grim. But she was pushed and pushed I, no, by I, producers I, I, and like I completely, like, yeah, absolutely. You know, like when you're when you're doing TV, you get calls from multiple producers all the time, being like, "What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And would you say this?" And they're kind of pushing you down an, down an avenue, and mm -hmm. you have to be quite steadfast and go, "No, I wouldn't say that. I would. I would, This is what I think. This yeah. is what I earnestly think." And I think if you're younger, it, you're more easily you're more yeah. persuaded. Yeah, Definitely. guys, I um. I don't want to cut off that conversation, but I also kind of do because we have eight pages of Q&A oh, Q questions from the audience. Also, um, can I point about the Glencoe Massacre question? You've already done, no, Ed, no, no, no. done 20 it's minutes nice on Glencoe. It's a nice thing. Um, if that person who wrote that in that question is a boy I went to school with, nice to hear from you. I hope you're doing well. Because he's the exact same name as the boy I went to school with. Great. Thank you. Um... I'm just going to start rattling through these because, like I said, we've got a lot to get through. Thank you for all of you who submitted your questions. Ed, what is your... And I'm going to ask you this because you've vox-popped a lot of Tories, this question, so you should be able to... I'd like to think you've come up with a position yourself and be able to answer it yourself. What is your most right-wing opinion? Ooh, I like skiing. <laughs> um, Cop out. Great one for the Reddit, or by the way, who thought that you hadn't been skiing and I had been skiing. Oh, yeah. I've been skiing in my life. I love yeah, to ski. I've never skiing. been skiing. <laughs> love carving I sweet. love to ski. brew. Oh, what is my most right-wing opinion? Tell me. Some Scotphobia in thinking that you've never been skiing. Yeah. I think having a non-English accent does a lot of heavy lifting mm. for my pro credentials, which are otherwise Don't get off topic. Don't get Sorry, off topic. What's um, your most right-wing position? My most right-wing opinion is... I actually don't know. I, I feel like um, so you ask someone at the Tory conference, they go, I'm not terribly right-wing. <laughs> I, I and then they say, I support the death penalty. So, that, sorry, I bring back the death penalty. And probably my defence of the Falklands, probably my most right-wing opinion. Oh, that's not a bit. You genuinely... Oh, no, that's fully sincere. What was it? I'm very pro-Falklands British, I think. Really? Yeah, yeah I think so. That was not, that's not a bit even a little bit. What part of you about the island in the South Atlantic Ocean... Because it was uh, fucking uninhabited. And also, Argentina is another colonial state. If the USA were claiming a random colony, like it's, it's, it's like it's like the US doing like an anti-colonial campaign for fucking Puerto Rico. That's the, it's, it's, it's the exact same. That's it. it. Although it is theirs, to be fair. But it, Argentina is a colonial state. Argentina doesn't have any... Has very few people of colour. I think Puerto Rico is a bit of a controversial the, example there, just so that you know. Was it? Why? Well, because it, it doesn't have any of the advantages of being... No, I, I was using an example. I don't, I'm not commenting about the statehood. I, yeah. I, was, I mean, like, I'm not from, like, do, the Portuguese perspective. It's like being... Um, or America... It's like America th talking, trying to take back... Chile. Something like that. Like, it's, it's, Argentina is a colonial project as well. So it's sort of like with Kissinger and Allende when he was throwing people out of the helicopters. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I'm with you. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's, it's Pinochet, not Allende. It was, it was, it was, it was Allende. Chile. Yeah. 
Yeah. They they put Pinochet in. Yeah, but it was Allende when Kissinger decided that it was a problem. Yeah, yeah, because Allende was a socialist. Yeah. Yes, he that was the whole... He was, Allende wasn't throwing That was the out. argument. Yeah. No, Allende wasn't throwing them out. Yeah. Kissinger was. Yeah. That's the argument with Puerto Rico. Kissinger literally in a fucking Chinook. No, that's the argument with Puerto Rico. That's what I'm saying, mm. is that it's American influence, but you don't get any of the benefit, right? That's what I'm saying. Yes. Why they, they would argue with, yeah, with that... Um, was it a hurricane they had? They would argue 100% with Trump throwing those. Throwing oh, yeah. Kobe. The kitchen rule. Mm. Um, they didn't get the emergency aid they asked for. Ava Santina, what is your most right-wing opinion? Pro-smoking. You're so pro-smoking. I am. It's actually quite sad. Why is that right-wing? Because um, if I say... It's anti-nanny state, isn't it? it, I guess so. Yeah, that's why I don't like it. I don't like nanny state. And I guess some parts of the left... Oh, actually, I was going to answer this really earnestly. Um... But sometimes when I answer things earnestly, people take it out of context and then get a bit jumped up. Um, I changed my mind about Brexit only a couple of months before the vote. And I changed my mind specifically because I didn't like the actors who were working for the Leave campaign. Before that, I would have argued for leaving the European Union. Interesting. This is an answer to uh, Limenbach, who asked, what's the biggest political issue you've changed your mind on? Oh, I was going to reserve that for something else, but yeah. Well, I mean, that feels so. like a fairly relatively large one to change your mind on. Yeah. I don't think there is actually anything I've massively changed my mind on, to be perfectly honest with you. Have you changed your mind on anything? I think it's just like since you were a child, your, well, yeah, I, your um, opinions have become more nuanced, I guess. Bro, I changed my mind on everything, mm-hmm. all the time. Whoever uh, I've last spoken to. Honestly. Um, <laughs> That's pretty healthy though, isn't it? The, yeah, way, no, it's good. the way that I actually think it's a misplaced um, criticism of Boris Johnson and we've been seeing it with the COVID inquiry. Obviously, it's slightly exaggerated when it's like you're responsible for our COVID response and you, uh, you've changed your mind depending on who you've spoken to in the last five minutes. When I interview people from different sides of the political debate about a certain issue, I'm enormously swayed by whoever it is I've last spoken to. And they make me see it a different way. And that could yeah, be no, I agree that, with you, that, that could be quite literally anyone. I um my politics are quite quite liquid, quite amorphous. I um my views on things change all, all the time. Uh, and it often one of the most compelling things is whether I've spoken to someone intelligent about the way that they view it and, and whether or not I find what they argue is credible. And a lot of the time I do, which is one of the reasons why I love what we do. I yeah. love what we do because for all of your fucking certainty, for all of your, and I think that's a product, by the way, of the, the digital age in which we live, for all of your certainty about your correctness, your moral, your moral certainty, your moral purity, there's a very compelling argument for the other way. And um, whereas with things like uh, man-made climate change, there is very clear evidence about what is and isn't happening when you're talking about political arguments in relation to, I mean, fucking take your pick about the sovereignty of the individual or... Um, Human rights, know. very subjective in Ollie's mind. Human rights, what is or isn't certain. There are there are two sides to the argument and you can, you can for all your certainty on one side of that argument, um, the other side certainly think there is as much certainty to their position uh, as yours and they will, they will maintain that and uh, that's what I really like about the thing that we're in. Is that there's a lot of grey space, there's a lot of nuance, there's a lot of 
discussion and merit to both both arguments, and I find that deeply compelling, and that's why I, I am where I am. Do you think that there is a lot of certainty across the board? Oh, sorry, a lot of um, space for nuance across the board. I would say that we're probably in the most... Um, Actually, no, we're not. That's a, that's a ridiculous thing to say, because if you wanted to say something vaguely left-wing in the 40, in 40s America, you'd be Let's go. <laughs> taken out. So. You, you would be in prison. Um, you wouldn't be allowed to work in Hollywood anymore. But um, there is sort of like an accountability online at the moment, isn't there? Where it's like if you've said something a couple of years ago, then you might have changed your mind on it. It's an order thing. It's people are constantly auditing each other. Yes, I think that's auditing. changing. I think that's changing. Do you think? Yeah. I think uh, our generation specifically... As uh, 14, 15, 16-year-olds, as the children of Facebook, as the generation of Facebook who posted all sorts of insane shit online when they were teenagers. Look at people who are now getting cancelled going, that, that's not half of what I said. That's not half of the mental shit I did as a teenager. Okay, but that's And they're different. a lot more forgiving. And I think the next generation are going to be even more forgiving. And I think we will enter a point, a political space, where you did this 10 years ago, ceases to be a relevant uh, a relevant conversation point. I think it's going to hold yeah. much less sway. I hope so. I don't know if we're fully there yet, though. No, I don't think we're there yet at all. Can I ask us to just very briefly move things on because we've yeah, done one, go. one of about 100 questions. What is your most radical political belief? Prison reform. And what does that mean? I think the way we treat prisoners in this country is absolutely abhorrent. Yep. I think it doesn't serve a purpose. I think recidivism is far too high. I think it caters to... A law and order, it's like... Um, Did you hear me on LBC the other weekend? Oh, yeah, I'm not even funny. I've literally never listened. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I Sorry. do, I it's, do. No, it's oh, great. I actually it's send encouraging notes. She does, well, she texts so. me during the show. Oh, that's really nice. As in, I, 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 we're we're going to figure out I'm, who I'm very, I'm very, I'm very, the American election on I'm the very, I'm very proud of you. I'm very proud of your two shows. I sit next I to you on a desk five days a week. You sleep, you sleep, you sleep between 4am yes. and 7am on uh, the weekend. I, I don't blame you. Though. I think prison reform is actually one of the, is, well, I that, think we have a moral duty to reform. reform yeah, prison. some of us are pushing that stone up that hill like uh -huh. Kate Bush. <laughs> I, um, I woke up to Ollie Dugmore's show, actually. You can ask Alexa to wake you up to my dulcet tones. I, I actually did. Do you I'd know that? I'd rather. I, I actually did. Sister. Yeah. I'd rather be um, in a British prison. <laughs> you you fair, live I in was... London, you are in British prison. <laughs> Ed, um... One way to reduce recidivism, firing squad. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was that, that, line, that line was quite funny, not to blow smoke up your ass for the second time that's this week. That's why you guys are here. But it was, it was funny. Thank it you. Was, uh, he was like, it's like he was going through his little monologue preamble or whatever. And he's like, you know, and that's with firing squad, I guess, you know, they can't do it again, can they? So, yeah. I, I, <laughs> and it made me laugh because I thought that's really funny. I make it ever laugh. Mm. I, I think they make you laugh. I think the contempt we have for prisoners in this country is absolutely abhorrent. Mm. I think people paint you make a mistake when you're young. You make you're you're put into a situation which most a lot of people in this country would never ever be put into, and you make one decision and then you're tired with that for the rest of your life. And I think the treatment of overcrowding prisons, the way prisoners are treated, the lack of employment opportunities, lack of training, is absolutely abysmal and is actually a moral dereliction in this country mm. that's i think it's my most radical opinion. amen brother okay let's keep going this from it's not snowflake it's not snowflake for fun who could down a pint quickest golden boy slug daddy or the butcher and the follow-up to that top three things you would immediately change reform if you were to become prime minister ed campbell who downs a pint quickest out of the three of us me can you open the gullet 
I can. I, I, I fully think that. Well, we should do it as that's like what this is building up to. No, I don't want to. There you go. I'm on the vodka. As you learned earlier, consent is very important to Absolutely. me. So we won't especially, especially when it comes to drinking a pint quicker. Can you open your gullet? I don't think so. Don't need to. I reckon I'll give you a good game. Huge um, man. What would you change if you were to become Prime Minister for a day? Top three things. I mean, I'll take one thing. You come into office first day in Downing Street, what are you doing? Houses. House build, radical house building program. Like fucking iron, hundreds. How many of them are small holdings? Zero to piss you off. <laughs> because you're leader of my, you're the leader of the opposition. <laughs> um, what about you, Eva? Top one for me is cars beeping. I would make what? that. I would unless it was an emergency. <laughs> no. Of all the social ills. And then the seatbelts next. <laughs> <laughs> the most egregious thing I think that people can do on the road is I want to transform the way that people approach our roads in Britain, which so basically most people approach the road with immediate anger and immediate frustration and immediate, I am the most important thing that ever, ever set foot on this road, right? And that's from all sides. That's drivers, pedestrians, cyclists. Everyone thinks they're the most important thing that ever happened. So they deploy the beep often, right? Why the fuck are you beeping, Beep's pal? an important, important safety feature. Yeah, I like fully agree. Hang on, now. hang on. So the policy is, if it is an emergency, or if you actually are trying to notify someone, that's fine, you beep. Mm. That's how I use the honk feature, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but what annoys me... Honk, 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 honk. I'll be sitting in my flat of a Sunday morning, and I'll be sitting there, and I'll be having my coffee, and I'll probably be reading something. What papers you read on a Sunday, Eva? Pa I, I'm an FT weekend on a Saturday. Fucking give me the FT weekend. I love the FT weekend. Yeah, on a, on a, yeah, and then on... Love the fucking FT weekend. Yeah, Pink paper nice. forever. On a Sunday, I am the Sunday Times. 100%, the newspaper yeah. of record. Anyway, so... <laughs> I'll be reading my Sunday Times. Hey, Gil used to write for it. I don't know if you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so what I do is I read the Sunday Times and then I hit my wife. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mm. And then I'll be sitting there and then some cunt outside will decide that because I live on a very, very... Like, I live on, like, a very small road. It doesn't have quite enough space for two cars, but it's extremely busy, right? Because it's, like, basically central London. It's really it's busy. Street. And then they'll be... What? <laughs> you live on Oxford Street. Yeah, I live on Oxford Street. No, I don't. Anyway, so... So busy. And some guy, it's always a fucking guy, will decide that because he can't get through quick enough or he won't give way, he'll hold on his horn for, like, 60 seconds... And I'm like, what gives you the right to do that? Like, I don't give a shit that you've been held up by one minute. Why do you think that's acceptable behaviour? Ed Campbell, how often do you horn when you're driving? I actually don't think I've ever literally ever beat the horn. I don't drive enough, to be honest. I don't drive in London. But I don't think I've ever beat my horn. Flavour Mantina, how often do you horn? Uh... I want to give an answer, but Sean and Laura have been in the car with me. So I'm, like, <laughs> I'm worried that, like... Sean, Sean and Laura. Sean and Laura. <laughs> rough, rough. I don't think she beeps. I've been in your car as well. Oh, oh that was... What did Sean say? He said she doesn't beep as much as she shouts. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's like internalised rage, so that's different. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Should we do another question? 100%. Uh, if you were all prime minister... Who would your fantasy cabinet be? You can name any politician, past or present. That is from 
Lord Spliffington. Your, your Lordship, <laughs> it is such a pleasure to have you listening. <laughs> Thank you. Your Highness. Oh, that was, that was very funny. Doff cap. Oh, very good, sir. Ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, fancy cabinet. So it has to be Enoch Powell, Margaret Thatcher, and I don't know, take a third one. Bolsonaro? Yeah, German. Just the E German. All up souls. Atley. Atley did an alright job pre Suez. No, you're thinking wrong. You need people who are incredibly loyal. No, that's that's the wrong lesson. You right. need arse lickers. Yeah. No, you that's do. no, that's, no, no you're living in fucking Boris you can have a good Johnson time. world. No, 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 and no, no, no. He's the best no, no. prime minister the country's ever had. That's my most right wing opinion. What, who is? <laughs> Boris Johnson? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Long may he live. Okay, so I would have Edwina <laughs> Curry. Obviously. And then Why? I would, huh? Why? Well, because, <laughs> because she she no. No, 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 no. frightened the country so well about eggs to the point that I am still, you know, Can what, you just what, fucking, is, what is egg stop, phobia? Stop being around Over the bush phobia? and say she takes yeah. it like a champ. Just fucking get on to All right, it. anyway, so Edwina, and I think that she could create a good moral panic if I needed it, so I would rely on her. But car horns as well. She, she would get the horn thing. As I, can I she famously had it. Um, ice, please, bro. Where's um, Harry? Where's he at? Where is he? Laura's there. I think he's out smoking. I think he might be... He's watching it from the green room. Your oh, he's Lordship. in the green room. <laughs> My guy. Lord Spliffington himself. I <laughs> <laughs> get some more ice, please, bro. Thank you. Can I have something else from the fridge, please? Thank you. That's still good. That's still I don't good. like this. Some of these are really so. boring. Can we get to the more interesting questions? Yeah, no, these are the, po these are the politics ones. These are, this is from Reddit, most of these. Out of the three of you, who would be the best Prime Minister? Ed. No, I think you're wrong. Can I say something conceited? Yes. But also derogatory about myself. I think it would be me. I think I am much more conniving than the two of you. But is that the best? And I'd fuck my way there. Hey, me and Ollie would do that too. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, brother. Thank you. God bless you, Harry Ainsworth. I think, I think Ollie would be too measured. I think Ollie would be a good... Um, Do you know what I think? I think, I think you'd be a good defence secretary. MOD? Yeah, I think you would, yeah. I Less George or more war, war. I genuinely think Ollie would be too interested in like the. <laughs> the sex side of philosophy. politics. As in, <laughs> as in like. You'd be, you'd, Fucking Profumo over here! <laughs> yeah. you'd, be too, you'd be too interested in reading the policy papers. As in being like, <laughs> you know, like, you know, you know, you know, enough of like an arse licker. To be like, you need to. You would. And that's why I'd be really good at it. <laughs> but, but like, could, oh, Ollie oh, would be not like Mandelson. Okay. Ollie would be like Mandelson, or something. Ed, do you eat ass? <laughs> <laughs> Does the day end in Y? <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker Jones. What's the What's the Alhan podcast called? Um, Gasworks. Gasworks. Was it Was it? Are you are. Basically, I said of the fanny is the first question on their podcast. What was it? Every single podcast. What was oh, Alhan and Poet. Oh, every single episode of Gasworks, Alhan and Poet ask, are you a... I can't remember the word they use. Am I allowed to request another mixer or do I need to go and get that myself? Oh, is that no, outrageous? Yeah, you can request it. No, Please, fine. may I request another mixer from someone? I don't want... I feel bad, Harry. All my stuff's in the office upstairs. Huh? All my stuff is in the office upstairs. Should we keep doing questions? 
Yeah, yeah no, 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 we are going to keep going. Is the office unlocked? There's all our stuff locked up there. We can, we can, they're having a party. Right. Okay. This is another one from Reddit from Annual Mud. Who would you most want to interview for Politics Joe? Bonus, including dead people. Top interview. Who do you most want to speak to? Including dead people. Hmm. Karl Marx. That's... Legend. How cool. Yeah, come on. <laughs> you're just looking to be sucked off with that. Like, that is outrageous. <laughs> like, and also, your soy, your soy boy energy is the Shut fact the you, went, you went for Karl Marx and not Joseph Stalin. Like, front up or fucking go home. Right, okay, Lenin. Happy Again. Lenin. Again. Happy medium. Lenin. How much Lenin have you read? Not enough. What, in its original? Or like, you know, translation? <laughs> what do you mean? Not in the original Russia. Not in the original Russia. I admit, I admit it is a translation, but... Ava, who would you most like to interview? I don't know, that's a really hard question. You've got about five seconds before I ask the next I one. I actually do know who I want to interview. I really want to interview Theresa May. That's a very good one, mm. I think. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Ed Campbell, which guest slash interviewee has left a lasting impression on you for better or for worse? Ooh. From Wickar. I think one of the privileges of this is that people... I'm always kind of quite shocked when you interview someone about how open they will get with you. Mm. And I think this... One of the most memorable things for me was on the day that Russia invaded Ukraine, I went to the... There was hundreds of Ukrainians protesting or demonstrating outside of Downing Street, day of. And I spoke to people, to Ukrainians, who were, they were just fucking terrified. They were absolutely, they were angry, frightened, scared, like whatever. They were fucking beside themselves. And I spoke to a fair few of them. And I thought that was quite an extraordinary thing that really brought home. I think in terms of when we discuss foreign policy issues or international issues from if you're not there you don't really get a sense of like what it's actually like to, to be in that country and i think although these ukrainians weren't at home i really got a sense of the terror the absolute they, it's it's one thing to say to discuss it in quite an abstract international relations way but if you're like i have not heard from my grandma in yeah. since yesterday and you, you're talking to that person and they're crying their eyes out to you. That's quite a, it's a, it's a quite a harrowing experience. I had this in a relatively uh, insane way when I was uh, doing the yeah, Ukraine refugee story, which is you, you're positioned in like shopping centers because that's where they're depositing these people once they cross the border, once they make it out of Ukraine. This is in Poland, Poland for context. Yeah, yeah. Once they make it into Poland, they're in like a fucking outlet, basically. Uh, and there was a guy who's, he was... Um, his background, he appeared to be Indian and his feet were raw. He didn't have any shoes and his eyes were uh, bloodshot red. And he sat down and I started chatting to him and he said to me that this was the first time he had sat, physically stopped, sat down, not been standing up for 48 hours. It was the first time he'd stopped and, 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 and sat down. And uh, absorbing that kind, of, uh, that, 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 that kind of trauma and the, uh, the seriousness of that situation, it, it doesn't leave you. Uh, I no. don't think. I think we've all individually been involved in some really freaking harrowing stories ourselves. As in, like, reporting yeah, on them. Yeah, yeah, but we didn't actually have to be the person, the no, subject, no, so course, it was all no, right. No, of course, of course not. But I think, I think, but I I'm think, fine, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. But I'm I, absolutely fine. 
but I think we've been we've been it's sometimes difficult to reckon with or to reconcile that with like these people have gone through horrific stuff and they are they're telling you about it. Yeah. Corbyn left a lasting impression on me in twenty nineteen. Really? Yeah. Didn't want to do it. Did you not? No. Oh, doesn't you? He didn't want to oh, be prime minister. Uh, don't get me wrong, bro. I didn't want to do it. I wanted, I wanted to be <laughs> at home. That's why I thought you. 8 p.m. Said. on a Sunday. 8 p.m. on a Sunday. Sorry, I want to be at what, fucking home. That's why I thought you made. I want to watch Planet Earth three. I want to eat fucking Ben really and Jerry's cookie dough. One hundred percent. I interviewed him three or four times during that general election campaign. He was that's so interesting. Done. I he agree had with that. No interest. He mm. was tired. He was fed up. You asked him a question that was vaguely challenging to, um, and you know, obviously, as you're required to do, you, you challenged his ideas about the socialist utopia that he intended to create, the, the socially progressive, I don't even call it socialist, social democrat idea. And you challenged those ideas, and he was just fed up. He was tired. He didn't want it. Yeah. And uh, that, that's one of my big takeaways. Yeah. Hey, we don't have enough time to go into that, but I also think that was that was a lot to do with the project that was surrounding him at the time. No idea. Yeah, it was yeah. absolutely extraordinary we'll being being a journalist at the time when you were trying to to talk to um, <sighs> the project at the time. It was impossible, and I think it's we've we've interviewed Corbyn many times on this channel ever since, and it's it, it's not through lack of trying. There was a point where you honestly could not penetrate. There was a, there was a line. I think it was in Gabriel Pogren's book. Oh, Pat Mag. Um, Pat Mag's book, which Patrick was like Wire. you would yeah you would ring up the press office at like four o'clock on a Thursday, and it would completely ring out. No one would answer it or whatever. And like the day after, like, the office was totally cleared out. That was true. You mm. honest. It was very difficult to get hold of people. Um, anyway, but that's not dissimilar to the. It's not it doesn't always have to be a comparison. Conservatives are pretty shite as well sometimes mm. actually no that's not fair one thing right wingers are really good at doing is responding to your press calls death wilder one you asks, didn't ask me my my thing but i won't tell you now no, go on no i don't want to tell you now. or your interview no i actually Which guest slash interview has left a lasting impression on you ava santina do you actually care of course no. i care no it was in dungeness when you sent me there in the morning do you remember that yeah Send me that there. I was not oh, I wearing the right clothing for that. It was fucking freezing. It was before we went to Cali. It was like the same day. It was the same yeah, day, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I drove down, down to Dungeness um, and there were people who'd got off a boat and I found them in Dungeness and I said, I said, oh, how are you? And this guy just went cold and I've, th I've thought about that <laughs> for years. Mm. Yeah. It's probably been about two years, isn't it? The, uh, yeah, yeah, two years. Yeah. Two, two, two like, years. That, it could be two years today. I was thinking about it through the, the sense of like, I'm cold, but I'm going to get back into my car that takes me back to my house. Mm -hmm. He's cold in like, a, I've just landed in a country that I don't know with a language that I don't really speak. And I don't know when I'm going to get warm again. That was, yeah. it really freaked me out. The, the, uh, the Royal Marines do this in a fantastic way, which is how hard is it to join the Royal Marines? Well, all we do is we make people cold, wet and miserable. And we see how long you can fucking stick it out. And you would be amazed the rate at which stiff upper lipped, fucking strong chinned Englishmen melt. Mm. Melt when they're subjected to a little bit of cold, a little bit of wetness, and a little bit of misery. No, there's something there's something really in you know, being cold and wet and also I mean like It's fucking terrible. It's awful. Because you're not even terrible. thinking I, I just felt that this person wasn't even thinking about like how they'd Across the channel or anything like that, they weren't thinking about people think, what they were going to do next. 
all he could think about was how cold he was. And that is mm. just that, yeah. People think military selection is like some fucking gauntlet of bit having the shit kicked out of you and, you know, do X, do Y. It's really simple. And this is a really illustrative example of these people who turn off on these beaches and are freezing cold and have nowhere to go. And it's just how cold can you get and still keep going? Yeah. How wet can you get and still keep going? How miserable can you be? How far from home can you be? If that's Syria or Iraq, Afghanistan, how miserable can you be and keep moving in the direction you want to go to? Mm -hmm. There's this really good book called Small Island. Do you know Small Island? It was adapted into a play in the National Theatre, I think, last year or early this year. But there's like a bit in it where it's basically like not understanding how cold England can be. Like if you've just arrived here. Mm. It's, re- it's really interesting. That is interesting. Just like, just, just not... The climate. The, well, the climate of England, because you're always sold it, especially if you're in the Commonwealth, as being this sort of like wonderful, golden, rosy place, and you don't understand that it's really fucking cold. And when you get here and you're so far away from home, it's the first thing that hits you. Ava, we had a great deal of questions about Keir Starmer mm. uh, on the Reddit and elsewhere. I agree with that and it. Can you Please. stop asking me so seriously as well? Because I feel like I've like given way and started drinking and like, you're asking me in a way that's like I'm on LBC with you. I'm on your fucking show or something. You throw that back at me and I'll answer the question. Which one is it? Uh, the top one. Top one. Death Wilder one asks, how far do you think Starmer posturing himself as a sensible alternative, that's in quote marks, to the Tories whilst effectively just copying their policies will come back to bite him in his invariable stint as prime minister? Uh, what do you think of that? That's hard to measure, but that question is a point that I think that I believe in. <laughs> yeah, no, me, Which, tot- me, yeah. I totally agree with you. I um, I really struggle with this because the part of you, and you could probably describe it as copium, the the, the part of you you ingest to make you think that the man who has repeatedly lied to you and then wrote back on the things that he's told you will just always deliver and come good, no matter what happens. Um. He makes these promises. He understands the Labour Party electorate, so he makes these promises, whether it's about nationalisation, whether it's about any of the other 10 pledges that he made to the Labour electorate. That's what he makes to you when you are the constituency, when you are the person that's voting for him. Once you voted him in, he abandons those pledges. Now that you are the voting public, I think it's broadly the same thing. I think he makes these pledges to you, whether it's... um, in the Sunday Telegraph at the weekend talking about how much he admires Margaret Thatcher, whether it's about adhering to the fiscal rules of the Conservative government for at least the first two years of a Labour government, even though there should be, at least in any strict um, philosophical and political sense, a divergence between the Labour and the Conservative Party, that the first two years of a Labour government will adhere to the same fiscal rules. Um, Whether it's anything to do with his policy position... God, what are you doing here? As the leader of... You're doing, like, match commentating... As the leader of the opposition, I think that when I say he's just doing this to win a vote, I think I'm telling myself that to make myself feel better. Okay. I don't think it's real. That point with some of the... There is a line that is going around online forums at the moment... Mostly Twitter, which is, which is, you'll say, okay, well, Labour haven't presented a policy on this yet. And people will reply being like, they don't want to give them any ideas. It's like, 
you are honestly feeding into this to this um, narrative that Labour don't have to do anything but let the Conservatives be quite shit mm. to get them elected. You're, you're now going to elect a government that you have no agency in because Keir Starmer probably will win a landslide majority be because of how terrible the Conservatives are at the moment. And you'll have played no part in that. Once he gets into government, he doesn't have to do anything that you care about. Any other prime minister who's trying to vie for your vote has to listen to the electorate and has to listen to what the important things are. This man right now, the biggest concerns for the country are environment, housing, immigration, cost of living crisis. Cost of living crisis is actually way higher up than any of those other three things I've just said. So, sorry, view them in reverse order. He does not have to pay attention or win your vote because you are conceding that the Tories are so bad that I'm just going to let him in anyway. Uh, Ed, mm -hmm. Tom Jones, 94. Oh, by the way, he's here. He's in London and he's like trying to meet up with us. Just come hang out. Should we turn to come here? Get him in. Get him on the pod. How long are we going to be here for? He's not going to come on pod, surely. At least another hour, I, I think. I, I, think I, I, I don't think he should come on pod. <laughs> no? no? Tom Jones, so. 94, asks Edward, listen, you fat neek. <laughs> you know it's a KSI thing it's a lot of things but it's like legit it's like KSI yeah, yeah. just a winner I don't know it's known to should it. England have its own devolved parliament answer for me already has one it's called Westminster <laughs> buddy hey! he has drank half a bottle of whiskey to be fair uh, got a laugh at the gallery there didn't I should it yeah. I'm on fire baby I was I'm quite, I'm I'm fucking put me out I'm on fire I'm quite pro devolution <laughs> I'm quite pro devolution, but I think if England had its own devolved parliament, how different Ava would it Santino, be? Ava Santina, shock. Scott in favour of devolution. I don't know who that is. Should I do a shot? Yeah, um, you should. Can I have another glass? Do you want some whiskey? Have, no. have, a, have a shot of the Johnny Walker. No, I feel You're it. behind, brother. Yeah, you've You're miles behind. I know I'm behind. Park it, park it, come in. I think it's my sixth tin. Put your bottle. Bring it over. Can I have a glass, please? Um, That's embarrassing. I'm not Sean, can you see that in the gallery? It should be regional. I think I think it should go further than England. Oh, tell me more, brother. Well, how different would an English Parliament be? Are we actually drinking, the... drinking there? Because I've been reserving myself. You're joking, but... motherfucker! Oh, are you kidding <laughs> have me? You seen that? That's just Ollie. <laughs> Put a dent in it, sister. Do some work. How how different would an English Parliament if it's just for no, England? No, that's be the point. No, it's the same. To Westminster, it's the same. As, it should go further. It should, it's be, the same. it should be like a North and South, a North Midlands South. I'm looking for an opportunity to duck out and go for a piss, so I'm going to go, ask go you now. This. Go now. Piss in Ed's mouth. In our run. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, get in. <laughs> Gratefully. How do you think you got this job? <laughs> Harry, what's going on with that glass? Are you like? Because I I know that you're moving. Harry's a... pissing in himself. No, 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 no. What my concern was, it wasn't me being a dick. Harry, it wasn't Where me being a dick. Where were the shot glasses from? Harry, what I was concerned about was you were taking so long, and oh, I could hear you rustling fine. around that I was like, is he like you, you shitting in one. the glass? What's going on? Yeah. What's happening? The is he licking the glass? They're smart. They're so ugly. No, the big eyes are. Ed, do you want a vodka shot? Yeah, okay, can I have a whiskey shot? He wants it hard. He wants the Johnny Walker. Um, I'll ask you guys this one. Thank you, Harry. Because the next one is about me, so I should be back in time. I don't think that. Yeah. Wishing well, four four eight. Ask Laura, do you want to come and do a vodka shot with us and then answer a does. question? Of course she does. Yeah. Laura, sit in. I'm gonna run out. Produce now. Laura. Welcome. Okay, yes. right. More and more. No, young... no, no. Laura's coming in now. You, you get do, out. You do that question now. Yeah. Is this why I'm asking Laura? Yeah. 
Everyone clap. Actually, Laura. <laughs> Ed. Oh, the fish. Okay. Yeah, you know you're good to go in. Go in. <laughs> My feet are entangled. Thank you. And then. Right, Laura. Yay. In the middle. Laura. Woo! <laughs> Fan favorite. Okay, Laura, wait, do you want to give me an idea of something that you'd like to talk about? Ollie has given me a question, but I'm also... What was, I wanna, I'm interested in what Ollie thought I would want to answer. Okay. I'd, right, um, should we do our shot first? Yeah. yeah. Okay, ready, everyone? Cheers. Cheers. To the fish. To the fish. To the sovereignty of the Falkland Islands. <laughs> mm-hmm. <coughs> All right. Um, okay. Wishing well, 448. More and more young people aren't starting families. Having kids used to be seen as an inevitable stage of your life journey. But these days, couples are understandably choosing not to, either for financial reasons, climate concerns, or simply because they know it's optional and not obligatory. Do you think this will have an impact on our long-term future, either for good or for ill? I'm actually glad that that was the question that was asked. Yeah. Because see earlier when you guys were talking about trad wives and mm -hmm. why... Go closer into the mic. Sorry. <laughs> um, trad wives and things like that. I was thinking as about... As an aspiring. Yeah, as an, <laughs> as an aspiring trad wife. Um, I was thinking about why that's kind of been resurgent on social media and why it seems to be popular and attractive to young women right now. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because when women joined the workforce, they never really stopped doing the domestic labour. So it's yeah. like the mm. idea of the third shift is that women, like men, have a full-time job, but then they go home and they also have the bulk of the domestic labour and the bulk of the child-rearing labour. So you understand in that situation why being a trad wife and just have like having that labor becomes really attractive that was a really good answer was I was, so good. I, this is what i was thinking about the whole time you guys were well, you really yeah you're raring to <laughs> yeah, go I was like, raring yeah. <laughs> no i completely agree with you because okay i'm trying to think about the, the best way to go about dealing with what i want to say um so i did channel five yesterday and we were debating about um women and who take <coughs> sorry we were debating about who takes kids to school and it was all women who phoned in to say, I take the kids to school. And it's like, the presenter was saying, I want to believe in this feminist utopia where there is a choice and women don't have to take the kids to school. But the reality is women are still doing that. And then they are going to work and then they are coming home and doing the washing. What, what, what is the resolution to that? Like, how, how do you do societal change, like drastic societal change to compensate for that? Can I, can I, can I speak as a man? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I think it's probably about changing attitudes, I guess. I think it's like when I have a family, I assume that me and my partner will split it equally. And I think until you change the minds of we still live in a patriarchal society, these things have been you learn from who what's gone before. And if for the past thousands and thousands of years a home not homework. Household, <laughs> household work. <laughs> homework. Ed, Ed goes back, irons his shirts. <laughs> homework. Um, household, household work. And then he's care, like, then he's like to his girlfriend, like, how, how did I do? How did I do? Um, all that has been the domain of the woman. That's it's quite a long time to undo. And in terms of in terms of human history, like the feminist movement is still relatively nascent. And so I kind of you kind of hope as we get more progressive, hopefully it will become better as men become more enlightened. I don't know what you do to become a, have an overnight or like within one generation shift in terms mm -hmm. of efforts, but I think 
people are becoming more aware of the third shift, etc. Because this sort of goes back to the Henry Ford thing, right? So Henry Ford masterminded the working week, right? So it's like you go to work, you you have like eight, eight, eight. Eight hours working, Mm -hmm. eight hours rest, eight hours sleep. Um, Go on. There is a really good book called Who Cooked Adam Smith's Dinner? And it's about how (laughs) the men of the Enlightenment were only able to have all this time to philosophize fives because Adam Smith lived with his mother who did all his housework <laughs> all his cooking all his he was cleaning. a redditor sorry but why don't we have Laura on it like, that is like such a good contribution yeah um, Ollie, Ollie's back well, yeah I'll, I'll leave I don't want you to leave I don't want you to well, leave it's... let's get into this um no so so yeah the men of the enlightenment were cooked for by their by their wives yeah that also feeds into the four day working week argument right so we've kind of transitioned from the mid 20th century idea that the the husband goes to work, brings in money for the family, the wife works at home, they rear the, rear the children. So I'm just going to talk about it in like, you know, <laughs> those sort of terms. And they do all the housework and they cook the dinners and that's fine. Now we're in a position where you are working the third shift. So women are working in the workplace, also working at home. Totally distracted by that whispering. Ooh, that's <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> Is it something I'm saying? <laughs> No, What's we'll up? Just that was a point that I wanted to make, <laughs> no, and I can't remember yeah, what it was. Going. <laughs> oh, the four-day working week. So the argument for why working from home has been so beneficial, and why the four-day week would be so beneficial, is that it basically frees up time for women in the household, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Do you want to say anything to that? You don't have to. No, um, I agree with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sick. Yeah. Thank well, you, thank you. Yeah, thank you Woo! for having me. I think you should Woo! come back in the. But this is so hard, hard to get out of. We need to have more back in a minute. Uh, should we have a? Do you want to have a smoke break before we crack uh, on, or do you just want to get? I think I'll, I'll go and smoke. I'm not against it. Should we? Can we have Laura back though? Because yeah, what I wanted to ask her before everyone rudely interrupted me... Should I keep going with guests? ...was later there's... Yeah. You, and Laura, you, and, you, Laura and Sean. Laura and Sean? I want to go for a cig with Ava, so... There's, cool. a, there's a question... There's Jesus, that fucking power pack next to my feet is danger. But there's a question later about how did we all get into journalism, and Laura's got an interesting one, which is that she literally came for work experience and then accidentally got a job here. Who's <laughs> No, but, like... More you, you could say it's accidental, you could say it's deliberate, guys. Um, That's their point. Yes, let's go for a sig. Laura Sean. Can we beg Laura to come and work? Total rhubarb. It's the politics show. Cast. You're rearranging. You're in the big chair. I'm going to pull rank. (laughs) I'm in the girls' chair. (laughs) Are these these are his notes? Are they? Somebody's Um, notes. I don't know. Um, (laughs) So welcome back to the politics show fucking lock-in. We're back to the ultimate format, two boys and a girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, boys rule. Boys rule. Yeah. Um, what should we talk about? There's the, uh, I admit, all these questions are quite me, Ava and Ollie specific. I'm just going to scan through them. I've already apologised for the Glencoe <laughs> massacre. Um, I don't think you've bu- apologised enough, actually. I'm not that sorry about it. So... <laughs> Um, right, so, Sean, you are an Irishman. I am. Famously. How, 
does it feel? This is, I, maybe this is, this is an interesting thing for me personally. I don't think I've ever asked you. Mm. As a as not a Brit working in British media, British mm. news media, mm. what's your diagnosis? How do you think of how, British media? How do you think British political journalism? British, how effective do you think it is? How does it perhaps compare to Irish journalism? Laura, I've realised that you cannot answer for that question. <laughs> I, I have a similar answer about coming from Scotland, like comparing Scottish media to Westminster media. Interesting. But if Sean goes first. No, well, you're a gnat, so he <laughs> can't answer <for> <laughs> Absolutely not. Well. <laughs> um, do you know what? I didn't... Close to the mic. I haven't, I haven't thought about that much until maybe the last two weeks in Irish politics after the riots mm-hmm. two weeks ago. Um, so Ireland didn't really have a prominent far right for the whole of its, its existence. Mm-hmm. Yet there was still the same kind of structures of how the media operates operated in Ireland. So you had a lot of like the Irish Sun, the Irish Daily Mirror, the Irish Daily Mail, all these kinds of things. I'll get one in a bit. Um, but they didn't... The rhetoric of these publications didn't cut through as much as it cuts through in the UK. So it didn't really influence governmental policy, didn't influence um, the public's perception of the political space or societal space or anything like that. Um, however, in the last like two or three weeks, because of the riots that happened in Dublin, there's been this heightened awareness of like an an alternative space for people to cultivate right-wing ideologies, mm-hmm. which is mainly the likes of Telegram, Facebook to some extent, uh, Twitter to some extent. Um, that I have to say, looking from afar, the establishment media has handled very, very well. When I say establishment media, I mean like political commentators in the establishment media. Right. So like the likes of folk that are working for RT, they got their broadcasting job from their great grandparents who founded RT huh. are not the best commentators. Ten generations of black rock. Yeah. But there is there is a little bit of a meritocracy, more there's more of a meritocracy in Irish media than I would say I've observed in British media. Um that has cultivated people our age, maybe Ollie's age. Um, it's about three years. <laughs> 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 um, but you know, like mid thirties, early forties, kind of. Exactly. Journalists who have worked really hard to where they are to get to where they are um, have learned every minute minute detail of Irish democracy and Irish political um, operations to be able to give people my age and younger a very astute analysis of what's going on in the political sphere outside of what's happened in in public. In the, mm-hmm. And again, I'm just using the riots mm-hmm. as a case study on mm-hmm. that. Whereas I think here, what tends to happen is you say, you look at... Um, the Remembrance Sunday protests mm. and people like us do very astute, very insightful analysis on what happens. Um, thanks to Ed Campbell right here. Yeah. Um, but the rest of the media at large don't really do it. They just report the 
that right-wing hooligans, um, football hooligans, were out protesting and just took an opportunity to rush onto the south. As opposed path. to, they, and it's, a diff, it's not reporting that it's like a pre-planned or like the how dense the network is mm -hmm. of far right. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting thing. Yeah, so I think like to answer. What what was the question? Like the main difference between I, Irish and political? I, 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 I wanted your diagnosis of the British political. Gotcha. Thing. You said you you started ranting. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, no, I think the main difference that like the main difference is is that there is a lot more um, thought and care that goes into how the media um, report on these things and how they. Uh, how they break down the information from not only what we know from actual events, but also how we got to the events in the first place. Whereas here it's very reactive and also to some extent propagating new events to happen. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah, that's an interesting point. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Laura, you and I What have... do you think of the Irish? <laughs> I was going to ask, do you think there's a greater diversity of media in Ireland than there is in Britain? No, 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 absolutely not. There is, um, no, I wouldn't even say like in terms of independent media, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of very good journalists in Ireland that are signed up to legacy outlets. I would say, however, most of them are not, not, there are some fantastic journalists at RTE, but RTE has, because it's the broadcaster of record, it has a very straight, similar to the BBC, obviously. Um, there's no real um, deep dive into events and why they happen, apart from one or two programs um, that do things very selectively. Whereas I think in... Um, Is it just not as good? There's not also just... There's just not the audience for it in terms of literally the, mm -hmm. the, the there's no audience yeah sure but there's also i think resource wise it's very different than other outlets so yeah. for example there's um our version of it itv is uh, virgin media tv um we can go into a different conversation about how that's problematic that richard branson owns one of the, the networks but they have a very interesting way of um, doing political analysis where there's three, um, three notable characters that came out of the pandemic in Virgin Media that got somewhat of a cult following in um, Gen Z and young millennials in Ireland that then has tried it they've then been given enough rope to be able to make podcasts to be able to get more airtime on television and kind of bring young people into into terrestrial media that way um there are also a lot of mainly podcasts but a lot of people that do like actually a lot of it is linked to political parties left-wing political parties but there are some independent voices. One of them that's on the top of my head is uh, Tony Groves, who does a very good podcast called um, Tortoise Shack um, that takes like one subject a week mm -hmm. and then does guest-based analysis on what's going on. But yeah, there, there's yeah. just not a market for it. There's not a massive pool. Uh, but I do think that we benefit from having a 
we're able to look across the pond and see what happens over there and go, let's make sure we don't do that here. And that's yeah. a lot of like what the general public has seen since two weeks ago is that a lot of British commentators been latching on to what happened in Dublin and being like, well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look, they're doing it too. They, they're it's not just their us. land, you know? And then like everybody else, rather than, rather than an event like that being a recruiting tool, it ends up being this um, repulsion mechanism right. where people are just like, well, it's if, it's they're, if they're supporting it, then maybe it's a bad thing, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah. yeah. Laura, um, you're a Scot. Um. I'm a Scot. Oli, neighbour, back from smoke break. So in their intervening time from their, well, the nicotine really getting into their system. <laughs> um, you mentioned there a difference between the Scottish media and the British media in general. What, what was, where was that thought taking you? I don't know if it's actually, maybe difference was like a misphrasing, but I think it's like, since I've moved to England, I think there's a lack of understanding of why the SNP is popular in Scotland, especially mm. amongst young people. And speaking of, like, I don't remember Scotland before the SNP was like this massive electoral force. So maybe my view is slightly influenced by that. But when I speak to my friends who like are all, like all my friends actually are, quite ardent SNP supporters. And I think that's just by virtue of growing up like mm-hmm. in Scotland under not remembering anything else. In the else. one party state. In, in the <laughs> one party state, literally. Um, and I think <clears throat> when it's spoken about in England, the SNP is spoken about through the sole lens of independence. Whereas I think a lot of my friends, when they speak about the SNP, the thing they like about it isn't the independence, it's the progressivism, it's the free mm. tuition, I... the free prescriptions, the baby box. Mm. And I think... Labour in Scotland would, it would do them a lot of good to realise that the young vote is interested in that and not in independence. Yeah. Do you, would you agree with that? I wouldn't, I would disagree, I, I think I disagree with you in your diagnosis of how English people view the SNP. Mm-hmm. As in, I think the, for English voters or English political commentators, the SNP are used as just a default progressiveness. And it's very little mm. interrogation of what their policies actually mean beyond just general progressivism, because ultimately it doesn't matter in England. If Stephen, if Stephen Flynn or Ian Blackford before him makes a very progressive speech in the House of Commons, yeah. that's, and you want to hammer the Tories with it, phenomenal. Yeah, brilliant. But I think there's very little interrogation and very little reckoning with what the SNP government, the SNP have achieved in government or what they haven't achieved. They've been in power since 2007 and Scotland's education system is in fucking bits as the, that new study has come out in on Monday, and they've been in power for 16 years. Whereas, if I think in, in the wider UK media, I actually that's a thing that's unfair. I think amongst people who commentating on politics, who just want to have a blanket progressiveness, they will not. They might not even know that. They might not. Even I think know yeah. the, 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 the opposite is also standards. true with that, isn't it? That like there's a blind optimism of what the SNP do in Scotland for progressives in England. But yes, when when you were true. mentioning Labour, that there's this reluctance to engage with what the SNP do well in Scotland, yeah. where it will be like Keir Starmer going up, doing a photo op with Anna Sarwar and saying, well, the people of Scotland don't like um, all of the recent news stories about the SNP. So mm-hmm. that's why they're going to vote for Labour. That's rather than That's, that's yeah. in the UK as well. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I think, yeah. I think that's, if it works in the UK wider, like more widely, like the SNP is, is not the electoral force it was under Nicola Sturgeon, mm. partly because it's not under Nicola Sturgeon anymore. Yeah. yeah. I think that's 
something to do, to consider. Mm. Are we are we nicotined up, fellas? Yeah, you ready? Okay, halfway through. So Sean's going to start you off in a sentence, and you have to finish what he says. <laughs> um, what should we do? Something about uh, what's the best impression each of you can do? No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not that. Um, what would if the, if you three were reincarnated as a wolf, bear, and eagle, who would it be and why? It's very much aimed at the, the uh, three of you, isn't fuck it? Them, yeah. but they're, they're, <laughs> <laughs> it's us three now. Wolf, bear, and eagle. Wolf, bear, and eagle. I had an answer for us three. Mm. I don't have an answer for us three. Mm. You both. I think wolf, bear, and eagle for me, Ollie, Ava is... Ava Eagle. Fuck you. Why is that fuck you? <laughs> Why is that fuck you? Ollie. Wolf me bear? You but, bear. But I don't know why that, but. I don't well, know. Well, the bear is a um, a cold weather animal, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm Scottish. <laughs> yeah. So, um, whereas the three of us. He's totally disconnected from the gay lexicon. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. <laughs> I am an author. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there was when I was in Bulgaria five years ago. So um, I was with a, a, a few, my friend, a few, few of my friends who happen to be gay, and we made the observation that in Bulgaria I'm a twink. Was the was the observation? Wow. Who happened to be gay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say my gay friends, but I don't know. They are my gay friends. Yeah. My friends who are gay. Mm. Uh, but we made. Who also happen to be gay. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's an act. It's not the main reason you're friends with them. It's not a choice. Is my point. Well. We don't know. <laughs> uh, Wolf or eagle? Laura? Instinct. Um, Quick instinct. fire answer. Wait, so you're saying you're a bear here as well? No, no, no. I'm, I'm curious right. to hear what Laura's answer. I think you are an eagle. I like that. I think you're, <laughs> I think you're a wolf because I feel... Are, wolves are not Irish, are they? There's no, surely, surely the Irish, the Irish wolf hounds is something. That's an, a rugby yeah, team. That's a dog, though. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that means, that dog in him. And that means you bear? Yeah, I'd be the bear. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. yeah. Happy with that. I'm happy with that. If you guys are. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Lauren Sean! <laughs> 100, baby! Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah, Claudia. Yeah. Definitely. Point. That, that is treacherous. Yeah, it's, it's nasty, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you going to take these back tonight, Laura? The fish. No, I don't know how you're going to do that. Who's fishing? They're your fish. But I, I, don't, I can come in and feed them on Sunday, so it's not really a, like, it's fine. Are you, do you need them? Uh, I think they're mine. I'm not sure. I, I think they're mine. I think that you need to get an Uber that the company should pay for, personally. Yeah, so. we can do that. These Are these my questions? I think they are. Um, peop, there's been a few questions about my interest in beavers and the natural world, full stop. And I feel a sense of obligation to tell you all that my interest in the natural world extends far beyond beavers. Like far beyond beavers. Tits too. <laughs> I love bubs. <laughs> no, um, 
I'll say it to you two right now. Mm -hmm. Show me a picture of a shark. I will be able to tell you what species of shark that is. Can't do that. Scare them. <laughs> There's two in this tank right now. Uh, no, Ava, if you were to show me a photo of literally pick any shark, I could tell you what species it was. Would you like me to show you a picture of a shark? Yeah, I would, yeah. I love the natural world. Oh, it's, I tell you what, I've got a good question for you. It's not just beavers. I, uh, like my. <laughs> you love sharks so much. How many views does Baby Shark currently have? On That's YouTube? such a good question. That's bullshit, man. No, it's not. No, it's, it's great. Not. It's genuinely interesting. How it's many? Completely different. No, it's not because we got Rory from the office asked us this yesterday, and, and it was a good it, guessing game. Sorry, who got it bang on? Ava got it absolutely bang on. How many though. views does Baby Shark have? Mm -hmm. The video of Baby Shark. How many views? I'll give you two point five billion. Two point five billion. You're so wrong. You're not even fucking close, brother. Am no. I low? Solo. Ten billion. You don't even. Oh, ten. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in about thousand and fifteen. <laughs> Well, no. So, uh, am I under or am I over? 13 billion. 13 billion. You told me I was. Uh, fine. You're low. 10. No, I love the natural world. It's what I'm, it's what I'm most into. <laughs> Baby we, shark. I love we... animals. That's, that's, <laughs> it's not just a, it's not beaver centric. I'm, I'm all over, I'm all <laughs> over this. Beaver shark. <laughs> no, show me, show me an animal. Honestly, show me an animal. I'll, I'll give you bird ID. Bird ID. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. Which favorite bird? Pick a shark. Tell me. Neither of you are reaching for your phones. Pull um, up a shark. I'll tell you what it is. Harry's got sharks, seemingly. Lord Pull up a shark. Things. I'll tell you what it is. I, gen I genuinely will enter that oh, arena. That's you know a really interesting Fuck question. Me, that's a, that's a, a weird kind. From here, it looks like a whale shark. Is right. The spots on it look like a whale shark. Yes. Yeah. It's a whale shark. Yeah. yeah. That was a freaky looking thing. Do, no, do more. I'm serious. I'm not sure how great. No, no, do is. more. Oh my God, I just spilled that all down myself. Do more. I, I won't, I'm not fucking around. Um, I, I think I can, I will give you 100%. I will wager 100%. Can someone look up what the most obscure shark is and do that, please? Thank you. In the I meantime, think, I, think in the I mean, can hit it. Right, let's try, and, let's try and get this podcast we, back on track. Yeah, no, we have about an hour and we have uh, no, six we, pages of questions. We're... No, we don't. We have an hour and we have six pages of questions. Ed, yeah. from Alex Cookie, what is your favourite anime? Right. I've literally never watched anime in my life. You make out like Wrong. that's that, not the case. My favourite my favorite cartoon. I can do my favourite cartoons. Right, okay. So that's good for, isn't it, for the anime, you know. They'll, they'll love that. <laughs> I'm acknowledging asked, that... What was your favourite anime? And you replied with, I'll give you my favourite cartoon. I'm, I'm acknowledging... I, I'll acknowledge that cartoons are not anime. Um, I love Avatar The Last Airbender. That's brilliant. Oh. I, like, I really like Invincible. Have you, either of you watched Invincible? It's good. It's on... I think oh, it's, it's, about, it's like a really like... Matey boy in a Japanese POW camp. Am I am on No, the... so far wrong. Uh, right, what's Invincible? <laughs> it's about superheroes. It's about like, it's really like graphic like thing about superheroes. I feel the way about um, fantasy, the way that men purport to feel about um, Victorian literature. <laughs> <laughs> Not interested enough to consume. Shall I ask each of you a new question? Yes. Hit it. From Wickhar. If you could do a non-politics spin-off YouTube question. series, which topic would each of you choose to cover and who would survive the longest on a desert island? Do you go first? Ed, what topic would each would you individually choose to cover in a non-politics spin-off YouTube series? 
I watch a lot of YouTube content that has nothing to do with politics to shock you. I think my favorite YouTube content is like kind of comedy content or like commentary content. I really like Cody Cole, Danny Gonzalez, that kind of yoke of stuff. I'm also very interested in what I think the US, do you know the, do you know the phrase like the creator economy? Yeah. Which I think is a kind of cringe phrase, but I think the US has a really good ecosystem for criticizing and kind of holding creators as such to account and like if someone does something like an nft scam you better believe coffeezilla is coming down mm. to make a multi-million view he fucks video and he's gonna coffeezilla fucks he, so hard he's gonna post a video then he's gonna have sex yeah but i don't think that's what he does but i don't he think post in, a video then he fucks that's what but he i does. don't think in the uk there is that ed campbell post a video then he fucks that's what he does <laughs> i don't think there's that appetite in the uk i think there is i think it'd be something like that as in like journalistic on creators, but I wonder if there's even the appetite for So that. you are you are who watches the Watchmen. Who watches That's... the Sidemen is what <laughs> Who sides the Sidemen? <laughs> Something like that. I That's you. <laughs> uh Ava, if you could do a non-politics spin-off YouTube series, which topic? Fuck that. I'm not I'm either doing politics. I love I love politics so much. Mm. I'm either doing that or I am going to marry a, a wealthy man. There is no in between. That's not you. That's what I'm, That'd be a boring YouTube series. I'm not doing anything else. Fuck all bust. Like, I'm only whoring myself out. Jesus. For the <laughs> for the sake of politics, because I enjoy it so much. Um, otherwise, I we've actually had this conversation before. I've said to you before. I'm approaching that age now where I either decide that I want to continue having a career, or I just go and marry a wealthy man. Uh, yeah, oh, your YouTube series. <laughs> Why does that freak you out so much? No, I, uh, bro, I think you're better. Who am I to say? I think you're better than that. But but that's why I think you're better than but that. But I'm just I... saying, there's 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 no two ways about it. I'd either like to be doing what I'm doing now, or I would just give it all up and go and you know I could leisurely read the Times every single day. Or I could go and it's watch. It's not a bad way to live, is it? You know what I'm saying? Maybe we could all marry well. Spend men. your mornings drinking a fucking flat white and doing, doing... cocaine till five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> no, 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 no. Five in the afternoon, my guy. I wake up at three p.m. I do coke until five, and after that, it's all grapefruit juice. I think. Do you, know what's, do you know what's also funny about our coke chat? And I actually think it'd be interesting to talk about this. We are actually not. We're not those people at all. Like we're not. No, I don't um, speak for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> but I have, I, I've, I've genuinely never had an interest in it. And I think I am, oh, I was going to take it really dark there, but should we keep going to the questions? For me, it would be uh, English identity, okay. non-politics spin-off. That's what I would interrogate. But, but is that a documentary series or is that a YouTube series? Could be anything. As in like, you can't Could be a book, Ed you, Campbell. You no, but as, but as in, far be it from me to point out Ollie, to you, someone's asked me to write oh, a book about Ollie. it. Ollie. This person's asking about your YouTube content. You're, you, there's a, a YouTube channel called Ollie Dugmore. It's not just going to be about English identity. I think it'll be about whatever the fuck I want it to be about. It. Exactly. So what's it going to be about? Yeah, England's identity. English right? identity. It can't <laughs> Sorry, it's a break it to you. I don't know if you had It's not going to compete with my... I <laughs> am in charge. <laughs> I am in charge here, Ed. I do what I want. I'm going to do what I want. There's a really funny dynamic with this she group. Actually, she's the queen that, and we so the Sarah people. Ollie Dugmore built Politics Joe by himself. Oh, and off. then he hired um, 
Ed Campbell to be his videographer to start with. And Ed obviously has now progressed beyond that role. But there's this really funny dynamic for the rest of the team, which is that it was Ollie and Ed for so long <laughs> that we have this sort of running joke that <laughs> Ed wants it to be like the old days when like Always. women weren't here and there wasn't an Irish person on the team. <laughs> That's what they say. Uh, yeah. Well, none of them can he's read like, and it makes it difficult. Like, United Kingdom only. That's what they say, bro. Um, they, say, they say no birds, no dogs, no Irish. That's yeah, what they say. Every time we bring up the Good Friday Agreement, Ed goes, oh, that again. <laughs> <laughs> Always talk about sovereignty. Um, um, what? My Stetson's hitting the Pringles. Your what? Stetson? It's not Stetson. This was the, wasn't exactly someone's, com someone's question, but it was similar. They were asking what non-journalistic politics creators we like, but I would like to send that to what other kind of online creators we all consume. H Bomber Guy, uh, Channel 5 News. He's been cancelled. Uh, I, I liked his old stuff. I haven't watched any of the new stuff, actually. But um, those Wait, are... no. <laughs> <laughs> That's rich. That's fucking rich. That's why I said it. From the Bay perspective. <laughs> I'm going to say something incredibly basic. Hit me. That people will go, um, you mean me? Suela. Anyway, no, no. I am, I am, I have a fascination with Tana Mojo. I think she is. Oh, she's sick. So interesting. Yeah. I think she's, but she's layered interesting. I think yeah. she's like, like born in Las got? Vegas to parents who don't really care about her. And she's she was sort engaged of like Paul. made this career Paul? for herself that, that at times front facing seems totally chaotic and, you know, um, not, not, not fit for public consumption. But actually she's this incredibly business minded woman who um, has made a complete fortune out of herself. I just think she's, it's so fascinating. Yeah, lads, I'm um, I'm quite battered, so we're just gonna we're gonna do some we're gonna do some quick fire now. Okay. Okay. Three books that have had the largest influence on your thinking slash mindset. This is from oh, Dami Zulu. Uh, my, <laughs> I'm my that question. Primer. I think I'll take one from each of you. For me, uh, Chinua Achebe, uh, things fall apart. Ed, one book, one book that's had a real impact on me. Pour Me was. a Life, A.A. Gill. Um, Angry Island, A.A. Gill. I'm trying to think of books I've ever read. Do you want me to go first? Yes, please. The Bell Jar. De Profundis, Oscar Wilde. Mm. Um, Middle March. I fucking love Ava Santino. <laughs> yeah, because you can remember books. She's, <laughs> she's so smart, bro. Yeah, no, she knows, no she knows, I'm she, not. No, she's so clever. Um... Yeah, I'm going to come off as a Philistine. I cannot think of a single Not book. Not a single book. As in, as in, but books I've read, I can think of books I've read What's I like. the last book you read? Last book I read. It's um, mm, Of course. Mm. The last book I read, I think, was Friday Night Lights by H.G. Bissinger, which I was talking Banger. about. Banger. Brilliant. Yeah. I'm currently... you've, done, you've done the work on that. I'll take it. Um, um, Newt UK. Ava, what is your go-to chess opening? Oh, um, um, it depends what level I'm playing at. You versus Sean. If What's I'm, your opening? It, uh, me versus Sean. I'm playing. I'm. I, I'm just going. I'm. I'm going one of the middle pawns. Queen's Gambit. Um, but because he falls for it every fucking time. But he? he's a fucking idiot. He's if, a fucking rube. Yeah. If I'm playing uh, 800 or above, I'm going for a knight to start. I with. love a knight to start. I love a knight yeah. opening. Yeah. Ed, what is your favourite flavour of crisps from Mega Drive Man? Salt and Ava. What was the question? Sorry. Favorite flavor of crisp? Salt and vinegar all yeah. day. No, but like a, an intense one. Yeah, I like the, the co-op salt and vinegar. Yes. Mm, uh, mm. 
Rips the skin off there with your mouth. Yes. I love. I, I fucking love salt and vinegar as well. Prawn and cocktail, a strong contender. No, I'll tell you what his is. Two packets of pickled onion monster munch. That is like a good day for yeah. Ollie Dugmore in the yeah. office. I do bang. I Bell do boy. bang. I do bang two Bell monster boy. munch. <laughs> yeah. May I have a drink, please? Um, he wants a, ba uh, Bell, please. a bevy. Cymru Reith, uh, 1066. Does Ollie still think the Welsh language is pointless? Yes, please. Thank you. Yes, I remember the tab article. Hashtag cancel the slug daddy. Um, Cymru Reith, I, um, I regret the manner in which. Whoa. He says different off camera. <laughs> I, d I actually don't. We would bang the table at this point, but there are fish present. Respect. Thank you. Respect. Habeas Fishus. They're really happy. Can I just say? They're it buzzing. Makes, I'm, Ed, I'm, they I'm can't wait for you to take them home. Look how goggly-eyed these motherfuckers are. I, Do you um, know how stressful this was for me earlier? When I brought them back and Shawnee and I were looking at them, they were in the bag and I'd had this, as I said, you want me to stop talking? because No, you can't crack keep on. going. Keep okay. going, honey. So I brought them back and I, Shawnee and I were very stressed because they were sort of moving about in the in the bag in a way that I didn't think fish should move about in a bag. They looked very stressed. They were flying. Disconcerted. I was like, look, let's put a towel over them so they can have a little bit of dark and quiet. And then I'll come back in half an hour. Very nervous to put them in the Migraine tank. Migraine treatment, wet towel over the forehead. When we put, anyway, when we put them in the tank, they completely calmed down and they loved it. So I'm thinking perhaps the fish, fish guy didn't put enough oxygen little in the bag. Bitch simps. You think you're a bitch. Do you think they're buds? You a bitch, son. Oh, no, do you know what's sweet? Is that the, the black fish keeps like trying to be friends with the little orange fish. Are you kidding me? And the orange fish. The orange fish is... Fucking eating the hey, ass of the black. Fish. You weren't fucking there when I got I've them. I've been okay? watching them for so two got, hours. No, you've got no buy-in on this. He keeps sucking his bum hole. No, you don't even fucking know. Okay, I took I them know. on the I've thirty-eight earlier. You don't I've been watching. Know. He keeps fucking eating shall ass. So we do another guy. question. Shall we do another question before the fish are under training. Yeah, sorry, I, I've been trying to fucking absolve myself. This guy asking me, Cymru Reith asking me about the Welsh language. Oh, we need, we need content for that. I think did we? Well, yeah, I wrote an inflammatory oh, article. Oh, do you know what would be a good question that no one asked? What was our biggest political scandal? Yours is probably the Welsh language. Yeah, well, or what else have you got? Do you want to do yours? Oh, the uh, Why do I need to tell mine? <laughs> I wrote a provocative article about the Welsh language. I asked, should we be spending millions of pounds keeping Welsh language alive, writing double signs, etc., when Wales is one of the most impoverished nations in Northern Europe? And it was very much a product, I was younger, I was stupid, about the austerity household budget mindset, which is we have X amount of money, so mm. therefore we have to spend so much on X and we can spend so much on Y. And my argument was... Ah, I I a son of the Annalisa Dodds argument. I regret the terms in which I framed the argument, which was that there was a finite sum of money, so therefore how does it stand that we write that we say this about the Welsh language? Um, I maintain the point still stands, and Sean won't be happy about this, but you can invest money in culture to write, but if... X amount of your population is impoverished. Should you be spending that money printing road signs when they'd be far better served providing them with in-work benefits or out-of-work benefits or all the rest of it? Um, it was very provocative. It was very upsetting. I actually thought it was quite funny. But you know what? That they goes back to funny. our earlier conversation about when you're younger, you shouldn't be given a platform. You because be now, now you can appreciate that the money doesn't grow on trees argument is redundant. Sorry, money, magic money tree argument is redundant. There's, it's no, not, it wasn't, no, 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 it wasn't about on. that. Okay, well, I'm going to say what I think, which is that 
It's not an either or between we either display the Welsh language mm. on signage and we teach people the Welsh language or we let children eat at school. <laughs> like yeah. there, there is money. It's not zero sum. No, it's not zero um, sum. And as, I've, and as I've grown older, I've come to appreciate more the importance of language, whether it's Askelaga or it's anything else, um, that these that different people should be entitled and empowered to speak the language of their birthright. Uh, I I support that, but it's and that's why Ed speaks Gaelic in the office. And you mean I Gaelic? Like Pardon? You mean Gaelic? No, I actually meant Gaelic. But because <laughs> I, like I speak the speak, Irish. If you'd like to speak speak speak, they'd like to speak Gaelic. That's fine. Gaelic, Scottish, Gaelic, Irish. Ed Campbell and Stewart. Thank you, Sean. Okay, Sean says also, the Irish Sean, language is Not Gwellega. to upset you, but I was actually harking back to yet to two days ago when Ed said that his family were foreign; they were Irish. I don't think I said it's exactly. Yes, that. you did. You said, "Have, have no, you?" No, I wasn't rinsing you then. Okay, sorry. I'm just going to head this off at the pass. Indy Raffle says, "Campbell and Stewart oh, no, versus Balls and Osborne." <laughs> Campbell and Stewart versus Balls and Osborne cage match. No shots to the groin. Which would imply that fish hooking and eye gouging is allowed. Um, <laughs> Hair and face on the table. <laughs> Who's coming out the other side? Who's dying first? I think it's a clean win for Campbell yeah. Stewart, surely. I'm going to say something. I think Rory Stewart fights with his elbows. I think, Camp you joking, Campbell Stewart. I think that Bowles and Osborne are two. Art of eight Cos Yeah, Cosmopolitan. Gideon Osborne doesn't know what an elbow yeah. strike looks like. Edward Bowles. I'm speaking as an Edward. Okay, anyway, this is fun. Do you Ava? know what's so boring to me is that me. this is this is like a bit of personal gripe in like one of my friendship groups that we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks, which is in any other profession, you do not suck yourself off the way that media does. So like, do you know when you have the tweets that are like, oh, I've been working in this job a year and here are some of my best articles or whatever. No other profession do you do that. You don't go, I have been working at P&G for the past year and these are my best campaigns. You don't do it. In our profession, for some reason, we reward people who have previously worked in the profession with like a, a big horse parade of all the best things that they've ever done and they get to wang on about it in the most embarrassing way. So... I actually hate this kind of chat because it's like, oh, well, yeah, Alistair Campbell, he worked in number 10, so he's got such amazing insight. No, he didn't. He had a job. You wouldn't, if you were doing a podcast about being q you wouldn't go and like hire someone who worked on the shop floor to talk about it. You wouldn't do it. So why do we do it for people who worked in media? It's boring. God bless Ava Santina. Anyway, sorry. Dan Graham asks, on Spotify... We all obviously think that Labour will win the next election, but who do you think will be in power in 10 years' time? Thanks, guys. Love the show. For my money, it's a Farageist Labour Party. Ed Campbell, Ava Santini. <laughs> oh, I'm with that. Oh, I'm so with that. You don't agree for with me, that. For me, it's a Cameroonian Lib Dems. <laughs> I think that I think that I think that Labour could go full whack. No, I think they could as well. I'm I'm sucking you out. It's Farage in the Tories. That's well, I've said it now. I think that Labour. I think suspect. King Charles suspends Parliament forever, I and we'd be all the better for it. And he brings the Stone of Destiny back <laughs> to Westminster, and I get a dungeon. Can you do say? Do you not think ah, that you don't ah. think that Labour could do full circle back to socialist anti-EU? Um, ideas which is Give like me a fucking break. 
What? Really? Keir Starmer, the vehicle for that, you think so? No. Well, there we are. We agree then. Ed? Do I think that... Yes. It could, well, I haven't been allowed to speak. So, do you know what, listeners? If you're listening right now, understand the plight of... This is being edited out. Ava Santina. When you are with, you know, you know you're with Ava a couple of men. Santina. You've worked really hard to get here. And, uh, <laughs> Ava Santina, the floor is yours. Fill it with your political opinion, no, please. No, I'm fine. Next cue. Uh, ben Siddle asks, what are your thoughts on if Labour gets into government doing a wealth tax to some of the hundreds of companies having recorded record profits to help fix what the Tories have fucked? Ed Campbell, you have 10 seconds. Shoot. What do I think about it? Pro, pro it. I think it's pro good. wealth tax? I think it's a good idea. Yeah, okay. for sure. Very good. Ava Santino. What? What's the question? Wealth tax, yay or nay? I think it's an obvious yay, but not in the way that it has been talked about in uh, public discourse. So my 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 wealth tax would be on um, big companies, big tech companies. Like I hate the argument that Twitter and Facebook would not operate in the UK if they had to pay tax on what they earn here on Amazon. I hate that argument. I um sorry, and also wealth. I don't think that. Okay, okay. Wait, this is a big answer, and I feel like you want quick fire ones, and I'm yeah. getting panicky. It's the product of where we are. No, We're, you're being. Um, you're be, let's slow down a little bit. Let's slow down. We have actually, it's very six pages of questions, and I just have to impose. No, but we have to. We have to honour the questions. It's better for us to honour a question honor rather the than look. The, th the, problem that, the problem with the conversation that we have about wealth tax at the moment is that we we go for there's there's. Do you remember? Kalima. What is that? Let's let's give Indiana Laura Jones. Laura okay. a good job tomorrow, which is that she has to find that that difficult. question on Question Time, which was the guy asking like I earn eighty thousand pounds and I'm poor. therefore I'm poor. Let's invoking that question. A wealth tax would incorporate those sort of people, and actually in today's world, today's market doesn't include me, right? So I'm not going to buy in on this. But that those would be the wealthy people. What you need to go after is the people who live in this country but put all of their money offshore. That's that's the market I think that Labour should be going for. Do you know who's nice. very good? Do you know very good in this? Our friend Queen Slobodian. and yours, Harry Lambert. Oh. Very good on it. His article in the New Statesman was brilliant. Good on the podcast. Ed, I come to you. Mike O'Wave asks. I absolutely love this podcast and you guys are awesome. Mike. Fucking amen. Not really, amen, brother. Not really a question. Speaking so the truth. I'm going to give you a question. Okay. I'm trying to tee you up. I'm giving you time to think about it. They're <laughs> not giving me a question. You have the sheet in front of you. I've told you who's asking it. You should leaf through. He's coming. I don't I'm buying you more time and more time and more time. Um, can I ask your personal opinions on Jeremy Corbyn? <laughs> Thank you for keeping me informed and entertained. All this week. Well, I hate to disappoint you. <laughs> um, more of my thoughts on Jeremy Corbyn. I think Jeremy Corbyn... I, I, I think it's more about Corbynism than Corbyn. I think the left in general needs to move on. No, fuck you. Fuck you for that. <laughs> Sorry. Can I finish my point before... No, yeah. no, you can't. I think in order for the less, for the left to pro progress, there's no point relitigating the 2019 general election and 
Corbyn's leadership period, I think you need to work out who your next leader is and you need to work out what it was that made Corbyn such a toxic political figure. No, fuck you. Why? I think it's too complicated to answer actually in the quick fire manner that we are... We are trying to... Maybe we'll do a whole episode in the future. Right. My big problem... Give me 30 seconds, Ava. I think the Corbyn project was a problem. One of my biggest grievances, and actually a grievance that is shared among many people actually in the know, and you might think you're in the know, but you didn't work through it, so come at me. Um, I really didn't like how his advisors wrote his response to the anti-Semitism apology. I didn't like the anti-Semitism apology. I thought that it actually did Corbyn a disservice. And I felt that the project overtook the man. Um, And I think that one of the main, I think that Corbyn is one of like the most vociferous anti-racism campaigners that the country has witnessed. And I don't believe that he is an anti-Semite. I believe that the project made him appear to be an anti-Semite and they never had to take the responsibility or the culpability that Corbyn had to take. Um... That shut the fridge line from Liz Truss. I'm not sure. I think off the top of my head, I think it came from a number nine briefing, but I'm happy to be corrected. Oh, read the question. Read the question. Um... It was... um, where does the shut the fridge line in the clip denoting a new section come from? Where does the shut the fridge line come from? True Poljo heads will absolutely know this. Do you know? Of yeah. course I know. Where does it come from? It comes from the most viewed video on the Polish George channel. What is it? Asking Brits, Brits react to the cost of American healthcare. We spoke to... The most viewed video of the 2019 oh, general yeah. election. There was yeah. this, 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 she from, was, she, was she from New Zealand, that woman? She's Kiwi, yeah. She had... It's not Liz Truss. Who says no, it. no, no, no. She, she was saying... Because she did say something similar, and I will say it off the top of my head. She said something very similar in either number nine or number ten, which was like... Um, not, it's not exactly shut the fridge. She said something like that, and mm. I remember it. But, but this woman said she was concerned about... She didn't know she could say shut the fuck up. Uh, so okay. she said... She so it's shut not the... Liz Truss. I always no, said no, no, that was no, Liz no. Truss. No, it's she... 2019 general Fair election. Enough. edited the research. I went out and did the Vox Pop and it... Yeah, 85 million views. She said something similar to that though. Well, I'll find it tomorrow and we can add it in. That's where it comes from. Uh, Adam Delaney asks, quick question to pump up the numbers. What time of day do you guys go out to vote? First thing in the morning before work or race out to the polls before you forgot? From um, Adam in Dublin. Ed... I think I'm usually before work, I think. What about you guys? You've got to walk the fish before, haven't you? <laughs> and I've got a huge pool, thankfully. Ava? Um, I am a midday voter. I've never voted midday. But I have, I have the advantage of... Um, voting day is the only time I will really take my hour lunch break and I will go and vote. Hmm. Yeah. That's what I have done previously. I always want to vote in the morning. Oftentimes I fall down short and then I'm rushing in the evening. Ed. Well, I work until 10 o'clock now, so I, don't, I wouldn't be able to go and vote after work. And also, you know, I, I actually work 
God, I work literally from when the polls open until the polls close. I'm so depressed. Can someone give me a fucking mortgage? <laughs> Please. If anyone wants to give any of us a if anyone wants to give any of us a mortgage, my PayPal. No, he doesn't work anywhere uh, near as much as I work. It's not remotely true. Anyway. Ed, there's a boom in the US of serious comedy left-wing journalism. Do you think the UK has the appetite for this? Or Absolutely. Or will it always be less serious, such as Joe Lycett or Sasha Baron Cohen from G. Harry's? Is the implication that Sasha Baron Cohen and Joe Lycett are not as... I would, I, would, I would interpret it as they, such, as in yeah. they, they're more comedic than journalistic. Is that the argument? I, I think so. Okay. So I think there is definitely some appetite in the UK. Trash Future is a brilliant podcast, which probably the best equivalent of probably yeah. the dirtbag left in the US. Harry, can I get some more ice, please, brother? Yes. Um, Thanks, I think that's... I think it's absolutely appetite for it. I think, I think actually a lot of what... Well, my... For this podcast, actually, I think my main inspiration, I don't think I've ever articulated it, is like kind of the off-the-cuff comedic podcast of the left. I love American comedy. I think um, one of my favourite podcasts of all time is... Um, I've completely forgotten it, but I think it's the Ten Tinnies. It's the Jack Wagner and Brandon Wardell one. I'm going to actually... Adam Friedland? No, it's not that. Are it's... You, no. Yeah, but still, fuck me. Are you, are you doing... He's, he's popped the he's popped the yeah pour it out don't um, be a bitch I think I think it's Thank one of my favorite Harold. podcasts of all time is yeah Cheers. but still with Jack Wagner and Brandon Wardell which I think is left dirtbag left adjacent they all campaign for Bernie do you think we're dirtbag left no I don't think we are but why not because we are journalists we're not activists as well I don't, I don't think there is a I, I don't think we are dirtbag left I think we are also not comedians I think as large part of the dirtbag left that's I think, my line I think something like Chapel Trap House has a large comedy element to it which I, I think we're funny quick question how strong are my nipples on this recording because I've just seen them in there what and the they really are going <laughs> is Ed, it as bad on camera Ed could you answer that no. question from Ava please <laughs> are they okay yeah they're fine in the I was just like oh my god from Sean C can I finish? Can, can we, I keep talking about Everyone's that? Everyone's got American so Catholic. Comedy. Please. I like that. Please, um, Edward. I, I think there is definitely an appetite for that. I think, um, I don't know if there is the structure for things like that in the UK as of yet. And there is an ecosystem. I think American media in general benefits from its massive population. So there's an, a brilliant way, an easy way to monetize it. And I think there is an appetite for something similar in the UK. I just do not think it necessarily exists yet. On this theme, Sean C asks, when you guys make fun of Ed for being a massive nerd, are you aware that your entire audience are the kind of people who listen to polit political podcasts, a.k.a. they are massive nerds? We are massive nerds. Can I love you. We all can are. I, can I call, can I, I'm going to call it Ollie. Yeah. When he was rebutting my Harry Potter stuff, the other day, he, he you invoked a Rick and Morty episode, yeah, like a fucking virgin. No, like a fucking shagger. <laughs> Ed, when we were taking the piss out of you about Harry Potter, I was also feeding you Harry Potter. Yeah, so no, like, but as like, in, you can't like Rick and Morty is the most 
virginal content. 100%, yeah. 100%. Yeah. But sucks, also, yeah. you know, we are... I don't think it sucks. I think, but I think it is like... Cool it's good, it's good viewing, but you shouldn't fucking make it law. You shouldn't live your life by Rick and Morty. Jesus Why do you... Christ. We've been trying to tell you that for years. Or <laughs> every time you come in, we come to the office I'm every day. All, I'm Pickle Rick! <laughs> Ollie's rolling on the floor. <laughs> I'm Pickle Ollie! <laughs> After you. Eva. Why are you looking at me? No, you, you're going, you you're going to say something. Interject. No, I, I, I think that you are actually a more like okay. So like regular conversations when we sit down in the office, I'll be trying to talk to Ed about some ridiculous political spat that's going on, and Ed will be like, "I don't know what you're talking about. I was having sex last night," and I'll be like, "Oh, cool, <laughs> yeah." So we we are fully au fait with nerd culture. It's just funny. To, there was a comment one I'm time the only actually one that on the really got to me that was like and like <laughs> comments rarely get to me that was like Ava seems like the cool person in school who like had to readjust to nerds when she got out of school and I'm like listen yes I, was <laughs> I am also that person now but I have always solid line <laughs> been a fucking dork the entire time Tom Pickford asks which Secretary of State slash Shadow Secretary of State pairing would make the best couple? Bonus no, points. No, reject that. I reject that. Let's not do that. Bonus points for describing the wedding. Best pod. <laughs> best pod on the block. Here's to 100 episodes more. Keep it up, guys. Okay, well, I will take it in good faith, but I reject that because I don't think that your value is defined by who you marry or who, you do who you're having to have sex with so let's so you don't want to do it you don't want to do it Lammy Cameron no come on okay fine yeah nice because it's implausible so it's funny uh, okay Eric Seller 75 asks hi you fat neeks do you guys do work experience at the Joe offices for budding journalists Ed Campbell hello um, yes we do it's not as, it's not really a structured thing I suppose I did work experience four years ago of the general election no work here. Laura did work experience in January? February. February. And she Laura, do you want to come in? Should, should we get Laura in? Yeah, if you want to. For work experience. To work experience guy. Else. Yeah, Laura, come on in. Laura's back. <laughs> no, don't know that. I don't need to replace. Like, yeah, we, yeah. we, we Laura, can share come a microphone. In here. Yeah, Laura. No, just I think Laura just shares a microphone shortly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> As in, we. It's, Wait, we, come this way because the camera's better on this way. It's not something we do a lot, but we do do it. Wait, do you want as to when, yeah, yeah, that's good. As and when there's an exceptional candidate and you have a proven Laura, interest Laura in Laura has just moved my tins. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many tins. Okay, so Laura came in to do work experience um, with us. She did an exceptional job. We went to Isha, didn't we? We did, yeah. And it was so good. Yeah, it was fun. And we went to Ashfield as well. Yeah, we did. Lily Anderson and yeah. Should There Be Capital Punishment. Yeah, I think something to be said, there's something about that for work experience for anyone in general, as in you can, it's not just a tick walk exercise, you can do really good things with it. What were you doing before? Um, well, also, I got a lot of work experience just by emailing editors. Like, I emailed Ollie and he gave me work experience, but I did the same at a couple other papers in Scotland and also got work experience that way. So just email editors and reach out to a lot of people and you'll get something. And make sure to send all your emails to Laura. About <laughs> <laughs> work experience. For me, there's no better uh, interview process than having someone come in and spend a week working for you. So, uh, Ed... Did it during the 2019 general election. Ava um, 
sorry, excuse me, Laura did it for us. Ava did it by interview process. <laughs> Ava, Ava did it the conventional route, um, but Laura did the same. And yeah, I think uh, if you come and do work experience for any organisation, I think it's the best route to did getting like a job. Did you work experience? Yeah, I, I love doing work experience, especially here. It was very fun. I asked to she do, has to say that. I asked, I asked to do a second week. I was to do one week. Then at the weekend, I was like, can I come back on, on Monday? And someone was like, yeah. So I came back. Can I be honest? When I finished my work experience, I was honestly so upset because I was like, oh. I, will, I was like, I will never get to work somewhere this fun again. And then I ended oh. up like, oh. <laughs> That's really sweet. Oh. Oh. It looks like we paid you to no. say that. That's really nice. Honestly, it's a very good place to work. <laughs> nice one. Okay. Um, thank you, Laura. Sure. Alex. It was, it was, it was like one of the best shows of working experience that I think we had. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, for and sure. I think, I think, you know, we were both agreed in our argument that Laura should work here. There's a reason why she's still here. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Alex Jobling asks, Ed strikes me as the kind of guy who'd pay full price for Hinge and get all the added extras, but then refuse to tell the people he had. Oh, and a question. Shag, marry, kill... Corbin, Cameron, Gordon Brown. Well, ignoring the last bit, um, I've got a girlfriend. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, ladies and, and gentlemen. And it was worth every penny. Can I just say, can, can I give a little account without giving too much detail about your girlfriend? Ed's girlfriend is extremely attractive and extremely funny and very, very nice. So she is like all the big hitters. So if you ever wanted to land one on Ed, it would not be about his girlfriend. I love her. <laughs> um, she's, she's really great. Yeah, get fucked, everybody else who's single. Ed, has to be for a hinge. Ed, Samuel N.W. asks, listen, you fat neek. <laughs> How many tuna could Harry Potter beat you up for? <laughs> what does that mean? Well, how could he? I don't understand. Ten? I don't understand the law. So Ten. I, I don't really get it either. Ten for me. How the the literal? This is. I'm reading it off the paper. How many tuna could Harry Potter beat up for you? Oh, all right. Infinite. Great. Every. Oh, let's do like Nigel Large. You seem yeah. to do less and less politics every episode. Most of the time, I feel that I'm eavesdropping on a private conversation in a pub. I find this interesting because when we were conceptualizing the podcast, there was a lot of chat about what the podcast should and shouldn't be. Um, and there was like a we there was a conversation about how we should have guests on every week and how it should be like kind of like the three of us, but it was more of a feature about the guests or whatever. And we really pushed for no. Yeah. It's about us. Um that's half of the question. The other half is we do acknowledge that we haven't done enough politics and we hope that yesterday's episode kind really made up for of quantified I, I, I think it's actually from a... I don't know it's, if, if it's, it seems odd doing this in public, but I think it's a point of difference between us and other politics, other politics podcasts, is that we are... It's like going... We like to think listening to this is like going with your mates to the pub. Yeah, well, that in, was the original conception. So, like, when we originally wrote the brief... Brief? Brief? When I originally wrote the brief that I sent to you, I said I wanted it to feel like people had pulled up a chair in a pub and were listening into a conversation. We could probably pull up that brief if Sean wants to, yeah, have a look at that tomorrow and it, put it in, insert it in. 
But I literally said I wanted it to feel like you were just listening in at a table at a pub. Yeah. What about, What do you think, Ollie? I feel like it kind of connects to the next question, which I want to ask you, which is about the kind of uh, in-jokey nature of the entire thing, which is... Laura's going to come and do an, a, a vodka shot, and I think that Sean should as well. And I think that Shawnee should as well. And I think we should just have the whole team here to do a little shot. What do we think? Sure. Sure. Right, Harry, what do you want? Vodka Voc- or whiskey? Our point of difference is that we don't take ourselves so seriously that our take on the Conservative leadership election or the politics of the internal Labour Party is so deeply relevant that we can't consider anything else beyond what is happening that week. I like to think that we go beyond that and regardless of however much we laugh, I think the laughter points to a larger truth in British politics. It's about nuance as well, isn't it? And I think that like one thing I'd like really like to tell people and you can take it as you will, is that when you are more free-flowing, perhaps you say things that aren't exactly perfect. And I think like the, the, the way that we're handling this podcast is that we're quite free-flowing. And this is how journalists talk behind scenes. So if mm. you would like an insight into how journalists are speaking, then listen to this podcast and enjoy it. Yeah. Um, if you would like a perfectly polished, perfectly above board um, reasoned argument then don't listen to us it's my all, all... default position is that um, whenever you're conversing with someone you should always assume the best of what they're saying so if they say something provocative understand it in the least confrontational way possible unless they are deliberately being provocative because I'll tell you what the ones who are saying that exactly what you want to hear are saying fucking worse behind also, doors your job your job is to be understanding your job is to be considerate your job is to find the uh, middle ground shall we say but that does not excuse using an alleged nuance or grey zone or whatever the fuck you want to call it that is not a uh, get out for engaging with the actual substance of the matter you're talking about there is always uh nuance no matter what no matter what the topic of conversation right like you can always talk about it you can always you can always delve into the detail and um i like to think that's what we do i I like to think that's what we try to do but um but sometimes you're received in bad faith and yeah, no, for sure. And those people can get to fuck, right? Like, I, I, I have no time for bad faith interpretations. I, I literally, I, I do not care because those people's opinion is irrelevant because they're trying for. to do the can, worst. Can I? What we do have time for? Is that... <laughs> Sorry, you've lined up <laughs> oh, yeah. six podcasts. Yeah, seven. Can, can I very quickly <laughs> Next say, to me. also Please. from my perspective, I, my podcast experience, what I like about podcasts is I hate media organisation. We've brainstormed and focus group the new podcast my favorite podcasts of all time are yeah but still the worst idea of all time and if i were you which are comedians talking which i think is the purest essence of a podcast and i think it's they're the best kind because they they meander and they it's such a personal listening experience 
And I'd like to think that's what we're recreating. I don't think, if, if we weren't this, I don't think I'd want to listen to that. I don't think our audience would either. Yeah. I think also what, there's like, I want to have the audience like to have a kind of trust with the podcast, which is that we have, so Sean, who, who does production, he worked at LBC. I also worked at LBC and I made some of, Sean and I made some of the um, top 10 podcasts in the country at the time. Ollie is now on LBC. Ed has also worked in production. Laura is a huge producer. I, like, I'm really quite drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, Laura, eight foot five. What I'm trying to say is no, Laura can't fit through the door. What I was trying the to say is fucker, Ava Santina. <laughs> Laura, talk to me, sister. Seven days a week. Talk to me. Uh, Fourteen feet tall. Basically, it's always interesting to me that people who have never worked in production purport to you like they have worked in production and tell you how you should do it it's like do you know when you work at a corporate business that people like 10 layers above you will tell you you can't do that because it's controversial on this level and it goes into like the like the minutiae and it's so silly and do, banal and do, here do, we actually do. talk and work through ideas um and i would rather you appreciate us working through the ideas than thinking we should be perfect all the time <laughs> I do appreciate your ideas. I think it's great. I yeah. love you, Ava Santina, so don't don't be upset. Here we go, boys. Ed. Right, can we all come in and do this shot? Oh, yeah. <laughs> if we can Ed, what's the story between 49... What is the story? What is the story? Are we not and everyone yeah, to do we're this doing, shot? I'm answering at the same time. They can hear okay, this. Okay, right, everyone come in. Come on in. Ed, what is the Clap story? Them in, boys. The 49 game. Stop. Clap them into the pavilion. We have Lord Spliffington. <laughs> Sean, oh, you've done. We're three, four. Right, hand them out. Shawnee. Laura. You guys want to go home? Oh, oh sorry. Do you want a less wet one? I'm so okay. sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> licking his arse. Right, ready? Harry. Right. I dripped it all over Laura. Oh, Sean. Oh, sorry, Harry. It's for you, Ed. It's for you. I've, I've got so, I've got something. Is anyone able to take a screenshot of this, or will we just have to deal with it later? We'll have to deal with it. The later. only issue is Harry's It will be a thing though, when it like, oh, they're all white people. It's Laura Spliffington. <laughs> wait, no, wait, what? How has Ed, everyone Ed, got Ed's, one? Ed's Cheers. Ed, Ed Salute. Harry. Slancha. God bless you, all of you. <laughs> Woo! That's quite tasty. Yeah. Good lord. Um, Forty nine game. It's a Ed. game. It's a game we like to play in the office. What is the story behind Forty Nine? The universe needs to know. So, cash your mind back to twenty twenty one. It was the London mayoral election. All ages interviewed Brian Rose of London Real. And we could not believe that he was 49 years old. He's now the mayor of London. <laughs> Speaking of the mayor in London, he was also 49 years old at the time of the election. And so was Sean Bailey, the Conservative candidate. Explain the 49 game. That's what we're doing. That's literally what this is. That's literally what this is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really quite drunk. <laughs> so that got us thinking, who else is 49? And the game of the 49 game is... You go around, someone's like a question master who's looking it up on Wikipedia 
and you're trying to guess celebrities who are 49 and it is very fun and when you get a 49er god it feels good I encourage you to play it with all your friends. Maybe a good Christmas game. I hate that you were explaining that and I asked you to explain. <laughs> Generic introduction. If you had the power to do so, how would you change politics today? Followed up by Stella, who says, I prefer this when there's proper discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than veering off Topic in a laddish way. Not laddishness. Ed Campbell. <laughs> Ed Campbell. Fair enough, because my Explain. massive penis is getting in the way of everything. And I, I get that on a level. For the audio listeners, this is our penises on the table. No, 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 not yours. <laughs> this is my penis. Ours. My penis. Ava, can you whap it out, please? Um, if I could, I would, but it would upset the fish. The fish, so no, they I are. Wouldn't. They're getting distressed, man. No, they're not. They're Ed, not. Person can, you can, the I, can I just say very clearly, the the fish are not getting upset. I am very concerned about the fish health. And Shawnee was here with me when the fish were delivered, and I was extremely concerned about them, probably too much. And they are absolutely fine. And they I can are look very at them happy. there. You gonna take them home, bro? Probably not, bro. Look at them. Why are you calling me bro? Make eye contact. <laughs> bro, bro. You gonna take the fish home, bro? Bro. Do you know what they, I think? We call them prawns because they look like prawns, huh? Do you know what I think we're drunk enough to do? I think we're drunk enough to do is let's talk about how we all got into journalism. Let's do it. Ed, how did you get into journalism? How did I get into... <laughs> it was a question that was asked so many times. <laughs> what the fuck's this? Journalism or working at Joe? Is that... No, 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 no. I want to hear his answer to this. Well, is the question how you got into journalism. So, um, I'll, I'll do how I got into the politics show because people like that. Um, I was doing a master's at City University in broadcast journalism and I really liked Joe content and I had to do 15 days of work experience and I asked my lecturer, oh, could I, if I asked, could I do that at Joe, for instance? And they were like, oh yeah, probably. And so I knew of Ollie. We didn't know each other, but we had a mutual friend. And then... Who was the mutual friend? friend a friend of the podcast, Josh, Josh Kaplan. Um, and I wanted to do work experience. Joe, Joe, I texted Josh and said, how would I be able to get work experience? He gave me all his number. And I was sitting like, sit, sitting, drafting the most polite message of all time, being like, da 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 I don't think Ollie replied for about two months. I'll be honest. I'm quite busy, bro. <laughs> but, but then Ollie said, do you want to come in and do work experience on over the general election? I sacked off work experience I already had to come and do it. Legend. Legend. And then we made the most viewed video of the general election. We certainly did. How many views was that, Ed Campbell? Um, you said 85 earlier, so I'm going to gamble with that. It's about 85. I think it could be more. I would say it was 90 million, actually. 95 Russell billion. Crow, Do you know why Russell I would say that? that? Do you know why I would say that? Was because before I worked here, before I'd even showed interest in working here, I had actually mentioned it on the show in the brief that I was working on. And I had really said that there was an NHS... Um, and then an NHS video had reached 90 million views. So smash. So then smash that. Uh, eventually applied for a job, and Ollie just ha simply had to give it to me. I had no choice. Had no choice. Hands were tied. Um, yeah, that's how I got here, and you're all fucking welcome, Edheads. <laughs> oh no, fuck that. That's not and that's a bad miss. 
What was a miss? You threw it at his head. And you no, I threw it at head. the camera. <laughs> and the camera will show. I threw oh, it at the camera. Let's go. Did I not? Um, are we going to call time on this? We've been no. rolling for about four hours. How did you hours. get into journalism, Molly? How did I get into journalism? This is great, stop? Ollie. Ollie. Okay, wait. Ed, 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 Ed. Oh, fuck that. Just Ed, it. ready? Yeah. No, I want a squashy. What Catching are you doing? Catch your mouth. Ready? <laughs> Open your mouth, you little slag. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 